Hello, hello, and welcome back to Two Can't Keep a Secret, your favorite Pretty Little Liars podcast. My name is Jay. I'm here with AJ Norris, who has finally made it to season <laughs> one of Pretty Little Liars. Oh my gosh. AJ, it's welcome t- to 2011. <laughs> <laughs> I am 11 years too late. <laughs> you know what? You When it comes to Pretty Little Liars, you're never too late. Oh, I'm, I'm glad because this show seems timeless and not in a good way (laughs) you know it's timeless like tear gas (laughs) mustard gas seems pretty like out of date you know I was gonna say mustard gas and then I was like no we don't think we use that anymore understood understood (laughs) we definitely don't use it because we are not I don't use it I do not I'm good no we in this scenario (laughs) okay we don't use it okay i'll add you to this (laughs) i do want to be perfectly clear i do not use mustard gas we do Um, not use mustard gas Um, why would i need to when i can just use the laughing gas that is an episode of pretty little liars (laughs) i don't know if i was laughing this episode i'm not gonna like like pause i'm happy we're here we made it to the end yeah there's nothing funny this episode nothing at all i just want to say to our listeners um after our news segment um once we get into the episode we're just gonna hit things off with a couple trigger warnings for what Mm -hmm. will end up happening in the episode that will include and I sound happy but it's because I'm happy we made it this far not because I'm happy that this kind of content was in this episode Mm -hmm. but we have sexual assault sexual abuse incest uh suicide pedophilia um attempted murder and possibly miscarriage. And I'm sure I missed like 15. And that was just this episode alone. Yeah. This this was a lot. This was a Well, trigger ups. warning pedophilia just is pretty little liar. <laughs> like it is. Like I- I'm not gonna lie, one of the storylines got really me really hyped and then really down real quick. <laughs> this episode or the season? This episode. But this okay. season as well. This season, <laughs> like I, like you you know, you know those Marvel fans that's like, oh. Um, this is going to happen in this show or this movie and then this death going to happen and then it doesn't happen and they're like oh this was terrible because it didn't happen yeah I was expecting a lot more resolution than I got this episode <laughs> yeah we'll have to get into it but, but this I was, def- they definitely knew they had a season two coming 100 this this reeked up come back for season two because we ain't done with your ass <laughs> they said answers what are those in this economy we just hit a recession (laughs) like i got a grand total of maybe one answer (laughs) maybe maybe um but yeah aj how are you feeling now that we made it through season one i'm scared i'm I'm scared (laughs) because you told me to buckle up we haven't even got to the thick of it yet you know what well i think that's actually a text from a this episode word for <laughs> word so you were paying attention listen if i do one thing it's my podcast right <laughs> which is why you are my podcast partner baby thank you <laughs> <laughs> listen i'm glad you chose me to go on this wild ride with you because maybe <laughs> i don't think this i could do it with anyone else except maybe sarah ferguson 
<laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But like we have to have back on the podcast to like just to hear her reaction to whatever wild theories you have coming up. <laughs> Me. I, I feel like I've been pretty sane with my theories. <laughs> I feel like your theories have been pretty rock rock solid. But in the beginning of this series, they were pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, you had a whole Bonnie and Clyde thing going. You th- thought that Toby was this evil mastermind. But we'll get into that all next week. Wait, did, we I? Were, like, Pause, did I? <laughs> Jane, when I told you that was so long ago. Was so long. <laughs> yeah, like you don't even remember your theories, which is great because next week I'm going to quiz you on them. Dang. <laughs> um, like just next week, I'll be like, listen, that sounds like me, but did I really say that? <laughs> you're going to be like, was I a sober? And we'll be like, yeah, you weren't sent away to conversion therapy camp. That was my life. <laughs> and you'd be like, who? Like, I can confirm I was sober for 21 of these 22 podcasts. <laughs> and that that one other one, we both were intoxicated. <laughs> that was a choice. I remember that. That, that was a valid choice for us. <laughs> um, but yeah. Did we announce we were doing that in my podcast or no? Because if not, I would like all the listeners to go listen to all 22 other episodes and guess which one it was. Oh, Elizabeth, I'm sure knows which one it is <laughs> she's our number one fan i love elizabeth <laughs> me too like truly shout out to elizabeth our queen Woo! queen elizabeth haha <laughs> i made a joke i didn't mean to but i did and it was a good one <laughs> was it mm. um, it was one that gave me a smile there we go and that's another reason i podcast with you aj because you make me smile oh thank you <laughs> And then I can listen to the podcast after we record it and smile all over again. <laughs> can you listen to this again? Because baby, this is a ride. It's something. <laughs> Would you rather yes. listen to our podcasts for 24 hours straight or watch this season of Big Brother, Big Brother 24 live feeds 24 hours straight? You know what? I can guarantee, at least on this podcast, there is more than one good person on there. <laughs> you i agree and also like we have serious conversations and then we laugh about things mm-hmm. we recognize when people do things wrong yes and, and we try to call them out for it and at the end of the day we don't try to bully. Mm, that's not true i will bully ezra every day of the week <laughs> oh i was gonna say i bully you oh you know what oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> um and before we get into a little more bullying of AJ, because he can't read, um, <laughs> I would like to say that next week, or I guess in 10 days, on uh, the 28th, July 28th, 2022, Pretty Little Liars Original Sin is going to be on HBO Max. Ooh. Not all of it, just the first couple episodes, but you bet your ass I will be staying up and watching them. <laughs> um and i'm so excited i can't tell you anything about them as far as i know (laughs) like because they might have spoilers but i'm so excited to watch them and then talk about them with absolutely nobody for like seven years until we catch up you've already banned me from watching up the show i have (laughs) i have um, well, well, if you are watching Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, you can email us at two can't keep secret um, pod. No, no. What was it? What is it? 
Two, two secret spots. Two secret spots. Two secret spots. Two secret spots. Oh my god! I know. I know our podcast. <laughs> you can email us at two secret spot. <laughs> I know it at gmail.com uh, It'll also or you be in the can DMJ at jmonji on Twitter. Jmonji underscore. But oh, yes, J-J-Manji. and they will talk to you um all day about um. <laughs> oh, you bet your ass! Wilson. I will. <laughs> um, because otherwise, I'm just gonna talk to my cats about it. <laughs> <laughs> or me in seven years <laughs> whichever <laughs> if if we're still t- just of course we're gonna be talking aj we're best friends you can't get rid of me not yet <laughs> not yet though you've tried <laughs> so um before we get into the podcast proper aj yeah. i actually just want to start with the title of this week's podcast it's season okay. one episode Ooh. 22 yeah the title is for whom the bell tolls and we talked a little bit about this last week. Yes. Um, that For Whom the Bell Tolls is a book by Ernest Hemingway. And it's also a poem by John Donne. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Donne wrote this poem in the 1600s. It is one of my favorite poems. He is one of my favorite poets. But if you search For Whom the Bell Tolls, Pretty Little Liars, it references Ernest Hemingway's book. Um, did you do your homework last week aj you've read the poem to me (laughs) i did your homework for you i got a little too excited y'all um listen listen, if i know one of your three um loves in this world one of them is john dunn one of them is john dunn (laughs) another one is the isabella gardner art museum the third one are the dare stones So how could I like keep you from celebrating your love? You know, you you can't. Just <laughs> just like you, just like nothing can keep Aria from Ezra. <laughs> the transition. What? Oh, I'm not transitioning. I'm. I mean. Oh, it, I it am trans, but. <laughs> 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 my my interns did not laugh at that joke, and I was like, all of you are fired. <laughs> Every single one of you. What the hell? Okay, anyway. <laughs> All you are fired. So, John Donne was an English poet um, and a scholar, a soldier, and a secretary um, who became a cleric for mm-hmm. the Church of England. Um, he originally was born Catholic, but Catholicism was not popular at the time mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Bloody Mary, great drink, um, horrible woman. Um, And he went back and forth about whether or not he was Anglican and his religious beliefs. He wrote about them a lot in his poetry, but Mm -hmm. he never really said whether he was Anglican or Catholic or something in between. Um, And basically, um, he lived a bachelor's lifestyle for many, many years before he um, met uh, Anne Moore. Anne Moore was the niece of his boss when he was uh, working, when he was working, uh, I believe, in the army. Mm-hmm. And um, the uncle told his brother, like, I don't really think this is a good idea. And George Moore, who is the father of Anne, was like, you cannot get married. And John Dunn said, bet. Mm-hmm. They got a secret marriage. And then Anne and John 
and the and the uh, priest that married them from the Church of England were all thrown in prison for two months Dang. in the uh, in the tower. And it ruined Anne's reputation. It ruined John Donne's uh, reputation. But when they realized that the, when everyone realized the marriage was valid, uh, mm-hmm. they, everyone was released. And John Donne wrote uh, a poem about it, and it said, "John Donne, Anne Donne, undone," because they were undone. Their life was mm-hmm. undone by this. Um, he then became a member of Parliament. And then he uh, worked for St. Paul's Cathedral. And long story short, like this man wrote nasty, dirty poems about sex and women. And he worked for the church. Including the flea. Yeah. And uh, I think he's pretty rad because like that's pretty (laughs) radical for the time. And like the fact that he got away with it is pretty cool. And also he's a metaphysical poet, which Mm -hmm. means that... um, he wrote a, he wrote a lot about nature and a lot about the nature of mankind in a way that was sort of thinking about thinking and mm-hmm. so a lot of the poems have these conceits or ways of twisting an idea or a metaphor and making it something that you don't think go in a direction you don't think it's going in mm-hmm. um i had a quote from this library book that I have, this the complete poetry of John Donne. Um, Did you just happen to have that? I was reading it at work. Oh, bit, bit, bit. Um, <laughs> give me just a moment. Okay, I will filibuster while you get your moment. Lee, 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 <laughs> Lee, Lee, Lee. This is so bad. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, I have it. So Ben Johnson, father of Johnsonian poetry, again, this is very nerdy, he's a big deal, Mm -hmm. wrote that um, John Donne was the first poet in the world to do many things. He composed verse that was daringly, and this is not part of the quote, but it's a summary of what he said. Mm -hmm. Um, John Donne composed verse that was daringly original and surprisingly modern. His witty imagery and conceits that embraced rhetorical and philosophical paradox marked a new intellectual approach to poetry. Virginia Woolf then later said, she's also a great writer, um, Mm. the typical Elizabethan with his love of eloquence and his longing for brave new words tended to enlarge and generalize. John Donne's genius was precisely the opposite of this. He diminished, he particularized. It is this desire for nakedness in an age that was florid this determination to record not the likeness which go to compose a rounded and seemingly whole, but inconsistencies that break up semblances, the power to make us feel different emotions of love and hate and laughter at the same time are what separate John Donne from his contemporaries. So basically, everything about John Donne, everything he did was to make you feel mm-hmm. every emotion in mm-hmm. a different way. So if you have this deep connection to religion and God, he wanted to say, he wanted you to feel that awe, but also some deep uncomfortableness because no one should look at religion, he would say, without being very particular and asking those difficult questions. And if you can't be angry at God, who can you be angry at? If you can't feel absolute elation through love, 
why can't you also feel completely devastated while feeling that strong love? Mm -hmm. So that's why I love John Donne. Yes. And people have been saying this for centuries. <laughs> so this is nothing new. Um, is it okay if I go a little bit further to read For Whom the Bell Tolls, the poem, not the book, to you? Oh, I was about to say, if you read the book, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> no. Ernest Hemingway is known for his short prose, and yet we still don't have time for that. <laughs> the poem by John Donne reads, no man is an island entire of itself. Each piece of each is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by sea, Europe is the less. Mm -hmm. As well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thine own or of thine friends were. Each man's death diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. Therefore, send not to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. So this poem is basically yes. saying all of mankind is connected. If one person dies, humanity is less for it. Mm -hmm. And do not ask who do not ask what omens are down the road or whom the the church bell is tolling for, as if at a funeral, because mm -hmm. it tolls for thee. If any, if it's tolling for anybody, it's tolling for us all. Yes. Um and then the Ernest Hemingway book nice is poem. set in um, Segovia, Spain during the war. Um, uh -huh. And long story short, uh, a an American teacher has joined the anti-fascist loyalist army. Okay. Uh, his name is Robert Jordan, and he joins with a guerrilla band, not guerrillas, but like a guerrilla war. I do like the guerrillas, though. I know that would be better. <laughs> uh, and they're gonna they're gonna go and blow up some of the fascists and it this book takes place over 72 hours mm -hmm. in which he falls in love um and experiences loss and a lot of it talks about um the value of human life and who has the right to take away the life of another human being mm -hmm. um so some of the characters hate killing people in all circumstances, but they know that they have to because it's war. On the other hand, other characters accept that killing is part of the life that they live, but they still do everything they can to avoid it. So you're feeling all of these emotions at once again. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's important context to go into this, this um, episode with, yes. just because I think it, makes what otherwise is already a plenty dark episode very dark a little darker but also gives it another layer of depth mm. if they put the thought if if you want to read into it i realize it's pretty little liars i realize it's probably not intentional they probably were just like wow we really like the we really like this phrase that came from this poem or this book but i think the idea of mm. even the people that our main characters hate or are afraid of are still connected to them inherently mm -hmm. and that their humanity is tied up in each other or that yes. wartime is not productive um in the words of a great tv show mash uh hell is hell war is war hell is hell um mm -hmm. because people say war is hell and no war is war and hell is hell um yes. we can get into mash another time but um 
what does it take to kill when is it justifiable to kill a person um how is romantic love a salvation that's another key theme in Hemingway's book um so when does love save us versus when does love destroy us Mm -hmm. um and I just I think those are just interesting things to keep in mind as we move forward with this episode which we have not started we haven't started I so feel that like is had, my literary talk for the week. I feel like we've had longer prologues and longer literary talks. <laughs> well, I tried to condense it as much as I could because I realized that there are two things that people don't like, and that is 16th, 17th century poetry and, er, and Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> um, and those are two things that I happen to really love. And I yes. don't have anyone in my life I can talk to about either of those things, except for my professor. Shout out, Professor Russell. We love you. Um, not like Aria. That's gross. Um, just had but to if clarify. you do happen to have a passion for that, you can email us at twosecretspod at gmail.com. <laughs> and Jay will happily talk to you about it. <laughs> I will not. Um, <laughs> but if you want to talk about 17th century poetry or Ernest Hemingway, please do. Um, but I don't have anyone I can talk to about it in my life, so I'm forcing the podcast listeners and AJ to listen to my <laughs> rant about John Donne. Um, and I, I do think it would be really interesting What's up? if we could rely on Pretty Little Liars to like really intentionally go through the themes of both of these works. Mm-hmm. But instead, you're going to have to listen to me force my perspective onto it. <laughs> no listen we i feel like there's many places you can force this perspective on i mean this episode like actually had like some decent stuff that i feel makes some good parallels so i'm excited for it um i, I think watching this episode i was like you know what there are hints of a good show here <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, if it had been that consistent throughout the entire run maybe maybe <laughs> but right now we're just having fun maybe you know that of course um listen i won't be here if it wasn't fun and that's why i love you so shall we get into the actual episode let's talk about what the girls are up to all right that's the we are going to get into the episode this is where those trigger warnings apply all of the above but i'll mention some of them again we have sexual assault sexual abuse suicide uh attempted murder potential miscarriage pedophilia and i'm sure there's like 15 others there we go i'm ready let's get started all right so we start the episode where we left off um again there's sort of a missing scene between the end of last episode and the beginning of this episode that wasn't mm-hmm. in the end of last episode where they see the footage of Jenna and Toby, but we see it again in this episode. And I actually see the footage this time. Yes. So uh, the girls are still in Emily's room watching the footage on the flash drive. And we also see a scene of Jenna coercing Toby into having a relationship Mm-mm. and saying that everyone will believe her if she says that Toby was the one uh coercing her which is like extremely uncomfortable like i was like oh this is how we're starting this finale out and i'm not okay with this yeah yeah like like i feel like at least me personally i've like tried throughout this um 
at least the latter half of the season to like humanize Jenna more. And I want to like her. But then I see something like that. And I'm like, I absolutely can't. I cannot. I cannot like her on any level. Like, it's just, there's something like that feels cool and mysterious about her. But then you find out that cool and mysterious secret she's keeping is that she like sexually assaulted her stepbrother. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, so you're not mysterious and cool. You're just a horrible human being. You're a terrible person. You're just a terrible person. Um, we'll also have to uh, tier list the villains. <laughs> <laughs> Which is every man and Jenna. <laughs> Listen, I will have a setup for you. Oh yeah, it, it, pause. Um, if this episode is too much for y'all, come back next week. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun. Yeah, next week is fun and games, but for now we're head too deep. Um, yes, yes, and yes. the girls are obviously disgusted by this, and Arya in particular says that these are videos of them of them alone when they think they're alone in their rooms, changing, and they were basically children. I would argue this, they still are. They still are children, and this is basically child pornography. <laughs> yes, and I find it very interesting that this is where Arya draws the line. Because I was like, mm. I'm not saying you're currently in a relationship with someone, but it's <laughs> you have to point it out. Yeah, and I understand, like, I understand drawing the line, but, like, participating in pedophilia totally okay for Arya. We'll, we'll pause. Arya's that still a victim. <laughs> unconsensual filming of her in her room understandably crosses the line. Yes. Participating in pedophilia. She's like, I am totally okay with being on the receiving end of that. I, I, I like to think Arya will look back on this um, in a few years and be like, this was a terrible situation. I was How many putting. years, AJ? Um, hopefully um, before she starts college. <laughs> so we have two years. I, I hope in t- within the next two years, Arya realized that Ezra is a terrible person <laughs> and this relationship should have never happened. All right, writing that down for the long term. I, I-, I want the best. Like, I don't like Arya, but I want the best for her. <laughs> I don't like Arya, but I truly don't want her to be in a pedophilic relationship. Correct, correct. <laughs> Um, also, like, what happens when, like, she's 26 and he finds another 16-year-old? I'm asking the real questions. Listen, I'm not saying I got excited later on in the episode, but I got excited later on in the episode and was very... We need to clarify that you got excited because you thought there was an age-appropriate love interest for Ezra, not that there was another 16-year-old. No, I got excited because he was like, there was a cop here. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah, I just, And I just turned in my resignation letter and I was like, oh... Homie got caught. I'm happy. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. um, but I also have this other question, which is Yes. Spencer says that ever since the Jenna thing, they've been scared of Jenna. How do you think Jenna feels? You blinded like, like Jenna, her. Like y'all, Jenna should be terrified of y'all. If anything, y'all ruined this girl's life. Like, if anything, Jenna can have a little blackmail as a treat. <laughs> Like true, she's true. earned that. Spencer, you are not the victim here. You are not. <laughs> I mean, she's a victim of a different crime, but it's definitely also like I don't know. Like maybe you should be afraid of Jenna turning you in. You did something wrong. You, you blinded her. 
Like, it, it'll be one thing if, like, you were innocent in all this, but you were not. <laughs> Correct. And I get it. She did not throw the fireworks into the garage, but she did not stop Allie. She could have stopped her. She said, I think she might have said, like, oh, this is a bad idea. But, like, girl, you went with her to the garage. Yes, you went to her through the garage. You saw her pull out the explosive. You did like, not turn her in. Correct. You just kept the secret. And you just let um. You are some, an accessory. You let your new boot thing take the fall for it. <laughs> so yeah, they plan on taking this to. They they want to ask Jenna what she knows, mm-hmm. and then they want to take it to the police and incriminate Ian. Yes. And Spencer is certain that they can trust Jenna. The others are not. But like. What happened the last time they turned things into the police? The police were like, haha, you're lying to us. So like now they're like <laughs> gonna take this. Like they need to find the FBI agent. I agree. The FBI agent will get things done. Like or like Jason. Jason would also get things done. <laughs> Although, like, things are questionable now. Who can we trust? Um, uh, I in fact trust um coach. Coach and the FBI agent. Yes. So basically, we trust the black woman. Correct. Of Rizwood, and that is Correct. it. Full stop. <laughs> the end. End the story. Any questions? Correct. <laughs> um. So then we're gonna move over to uh, Arya's house, where Ella is over and she's helping Byron with a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he lets her know that there's going to be a faculty mixer at the house and that she's welcome to join. Yes. And Arya is like so excited because faculty mixer at her house means that like her parents might be working something out. Yeah. But Which she gets like, a text. Like, understandable. Like she's excited um, about, she's stooping too. She's not even like, um, she was listening to the side, and we know if she had one storyline besides the bad one, it's I want my parents to get back together. And it's really her brother's storyline, if anything. The, <laughs> I guess if you have to give him something, you got to give him that. Like his plot line is that, and I like Noel Khan. Listen, there's a lot to like. <laughs> um, yeah, so. As Arya's like eavesdropping on her parents, mm-hmm. she gets a text from Ezra, several texts yeah. from Ezra actually. Multiple. That say, um, a cop was here. We need to talk. And he's like freaking out. Yes. Um, so then Arya decides, I'm not excited anymore. She just yells at her mom and says, like, make a decision. Do you love dad or not? And I'm just like, girl, what do you that's know about how, love? Like, that's not how love works. Like, full stop. <laughs> like, you don't know anything about being an adult. Didn't we have this conversation with Ezra not that long ago? Like, it feels like forever ago, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, but, yeah. But it feels like she hasn't learned a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, listen, these are two grown adults. And honestly, they still need to work it out. Like, and also, like, don't take your relationship problems out on your parents who are literally possibly getting divorced. Genuinely. Genuinely. <laughs> if like, you I, act out every time your parents are in the same room together, then they are going to think that them being together is bad for your mental health <laughs> like stop acting out but but but, but I, I i but i do feel like and i guess i blame Arya a little bit for this oh always. um but byron morded for this um 
this is what they won't stay in front of their kids need to stop. <laughs> like, like if, if they're if they're gonna handle this, they need to handle this in private and not get the child's children's hopes up or nothing like that. Like this should not be a public thing, in my humble opinion. Yeah, but I don't think that they were like fighting. They were just like they were actually getting along. And I think like what well, Arya... no, but here's the thing, you can get along with someone and still be like, we are not feeling in a relationship. <laughs> but I think also like I, I do think that like there wasn't any will they won't they in the scene between her parents as far as I could tell. Well, she should have said either you love dad or you don't get with him or not and then left. Right. Ar- but Arya brought that in. I think Ella and Byron were doing nothing wrong. Well, Bi- well Byron was like um, trying to get her to go there and she was like, I don't know. Um, this, that, right, but, I, but I don't think like but and, I still was, think like, like it's an awkward conversation, but it's not a conversation that can't happen in front of the kids. At some point, your 16-year-old and your 15-year-old need to realize your parents are allowed to be in the same room and allowed to sort of maybe be friends. And sometimes they have to be in the same house together. And maybe they like to hang out, but they don't want to be in love anymore. And that's a tough pill to swallow. But like also like if you treat your kids like adults, then you need to have the co- adult conversation with your kids like your mom and I still want to hang out together. We don't know what's going on beyond that, but like we're allowed to be friends. Well, I, I don't think Ella can have that conversation because I still feel like Brian's like, if I get an inch, we're going to get back together. Like, I still feel like that's what Byron's mindset is. And yeah, I don't think- but I feel like it was less in this conversation. Less in this conversation? Yeah, I feel like in this conversation, he's like, oh, this is happening and it's at the house. If you want to come, you can come. Like, I feel like, yes, that was his intention, but like it wasn't as overt as it has been in other conversations. But I, I remember the dance. He he did something similar to that, just a slice of yeah. pizza. And I was like, Mm-mm, this slice of pizza means a lot more than just a slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I just feel like Aria wants to be a grown up so bad, but she very clearly can't handle like right. other people actually being grown ups. Like, like, let me tell you something. I saw how she reacted later on in the episode. This girl's not a grown up in any way, shape, or form. No. <laughs> this girl, we'll get to that. Like, we'll get to that. <laughs> and I feel like she has this idea of what a grown-up is in her head. Mm-hmm. And like it's very different from what a grown-up is. Mm-hmm. And her parents honestly are handling it pretty well. Like they're honestly handling their divorce and the confusion pretty well, considering what it could be. Like I can say, at least at this point in time, I do not believe they are in a toxic environment. And a lot of children cannot say that. <laughs> Right. And, and, you know, it hurt, but Ella got like needed space and she got her space Mm -hmm. and they've clearly had conversations Yes, and other things where like they now, although they are not on the same page and they have not worked out all their communication issues, they're comfortable around each other enough to help each other with like basic parenting things. And I think that growth in that short Mm -hmm. period of time shows a really healthy possibility for parents. Yes, 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 yes. Like, even even if it ends up being a friendship and not a, a marriage or a relationship, like, it shows that, like, they are capable of growing and learning and that, yes. like, no one's going to fix all their problems overnight. And I think they've made significant Correct. progress. And I think that Arya is, like, why isn't it fixed already? And it's, like, because literally it's been less than six months. Yes, it's been less than six months and they still have not even gotten to the core of the issues that they have fair but like and, and, i don't and, know that and, but i don't and know those if, issues are going to be tough conversations to have but, but i don't know if in real life like every adult couple hat like gets to the bottom of their issues in six months 
No, I agree. Like, um, yes, I agree with that 100%. And I think like they are trying to create the least toxic environment for their children. And I think like uh, in that way, they've done, they've had a lot of successes. And I feel like we shit on them a lot, understandably, and in, va- in a valid way, but like- Mainly Byron. But I think like, you know, we should give them, we should give them credit where credit is due. And like out of, you know, all the other environments that parents create in this show and outside of the show, they're doing a pretty okay job. Like, like Except for the fact that they don't know that their daughter is in a pedophilic relationship. Fuzz, that's a different issue for <laughs> that that needs to be addressed. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. no, I, I remember one point in time I was like, this is not okay because it feels like you're next to ignoring your children because of the drama that y'all got going on. And like we see where they are right now. So Yeah. And I assume Mike is at field hockey practice with Ian. Because mm. <laughs> well, he was trying out for the field. Ho- no, he was trying out for lacrosse. Oh, lacrosse. Well, was it? I don't know what Ian's coach is. I just know he's he, the coach. he's the field hockey coach uh, because he was Spencer's coach. Who who's the lacrosse coach? Maybe it's also Ian. I don't know. Uh Ian needs to stop. <laughs> How many coaches do you have at a school? We know of two. Yeah, Ian and the real. We at a school. Oh, there's a lot of coaches at my school see and at my school we went to a small school so we had a basketball coach and a football coach but then there's like parents who coached everything else mm. they're like employed by the school coaches we only had two uh see yeah. we, we had we had a lot of them but but i also went to a, like a quote-unquote big school okay yeah we yeah. my graduating class had like 110 students so, that's it yeah <laughs> When I say my graduating class had over triple that. Yeah, the same with my brothers. Uh, my brother, I think, had like a thousand kids. But I went to a magnet school. He went to the, the school that we were zoned to go to. Oh, valid. Listen, yeah, look yeah. at you fleshing off your smarts. <laughs> I, went to the, I went to a school that has consistently been in the top 10 schools in the United States for the past 25 years. Guess what? That's not the school at Rosewood. And guess what? It meant nothing for my, for the rest of my life, except that I'm a <laughs> fucking nerd. Listen, I like a nerd. I was like, if people haven't realized this by now. Listen, I'm fans of nerds. My 30 minute diatribe on John Dunn in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> and it's not done. Don't worry. <laughs> get it? Not done. Anyway. I see what you're doing here. I want to get to school. <laughs> um, so Ashley wants Hannah to get to school too. But she is depressed and uh, she is why? trying to stay in bed. And for once, Which is Ashley is like, go the fuck to school. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's really cute because Ashley's like, remember when your dad left and you convinced me that I was really pretty and I was worthy of love and that I'm, you know, like super hot and that Isabel his dad's, fat and her dad's girlfriend is like fat and ugly and has like yeah but not. it wasn't true <laughs> it's not true that isabel's fat and ugly not Correct. that her mom is not super hot because her mom is oh, hot 100 um and <laughs> and ashley's like yeah but you got me out of bed and so now i'm demanding you go to school and you know when ashley marin tells you to go to school you need you, to go to school you, you hit a new uh, low she, she's offered yo stay home from school yo why don't you skip school many times she's like <laughs> school is now good for your reputation and your mental health 
<laughs> Which I respect 100%. Like, I, I don't think I was always like, you know, Ashley's a good mom. Uh, but I was like, this is good parenting from um, this Miss. Um, she knows Mary. where to draw the line. Yeah. And I, I think, think also, like, you break no. up with Sean, your boyfriend of however many years. Like, you said he was the love of your life. Like, yeah, you get a couple days to stay home from school. You break up with Caleb? Like, go back. <laughs> but pause. Apparently, she liked Caleb at the end. Enough to ask about right, that note. Right, but, but, like, you can still like Hannah's newest ex-boyfriend and be like, Which I don't get. you didn't date him for four years. I don't think she dated Sean for four years either. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, they, they a long-term were, they were, relationship they were long-term versus, like, three weeks. Less than a month. Right. <laughs> Um, speaking of Caleb, she does ask if Hannah ever gave her, or if Caleb ever gave her the letter that he wrote. And Hannah's like, he wrote a letter? He can write? <laughs> she doesn't say that. That's me editorializing. No, but I like your editors. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, so but, but, Hannah puts on a pretty dress I fullheartedly believe, though, nonstop, the letter was a bad idea. <laughs> the letter was a bad idea, but at the same time, like, I feel like it was the best Caleb could come up with. Sure. <laughs> I will give him that. That was the best that he could come up with. <laughs> AJ's like, I still hate that man. Will we see Caleb in season two? Sadly, yes. <laughs> you think so? I saw him in this episode. <laughs> Did you? Yes. He wasn't Lucas, in this episode. Lucas was driving him back. Mm, all right, then. Did I not pay attention? <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> I don't think so. Moda yeah. talks to him on the phone. No, nope, it's later on. And he was like, why are you doing this? He's like, you know, I like to see Hannah happy sometimes. Oh, you know what? That's good. I think I was cooking lunch at that time. <laughs> respect. I respect that energy. I, I also see Lucas on screen and be like, you know what? I don't need to watch. <laughs> You're right. I was like, oh, he's going to die soon. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, at Spencer's house, Melissa's making plans for a christening for her baby to be at the church. Um, I've never been to a christening. Is that, does that involve dunking the baby? For Is a baptism? That baptism? I'm pretty sure that's baptism. Are those different? A baptism and a christening? Yes. Okay, I'm Jewish. Why would I know? <laughs> um, cool. Well, she she's planning the christening and because you don't you don't have to be a baby to get baptized. That is true. But I wasn't sure if a baptism was part of a christening, like if you get christened you also get baptized at the christening. You know what I mean? Because I've been to Mm -hmm. naming, maybe a naming ceremony at a Russian Orthodox church. Mm -hmm. And they baptized, it was scary. The baptism? They dunked that baby. (laughs) I thought you could just sprinkle a little water. They're like, "Mm mm-mm, down. Baby starts crying. They're like, "Mm mm-mm, one more time. And then baby's still screaming. And they went, "Mm mm-mm, third time. No, you, you should have saw me at my, at my first bathroom. I was terrified. I thought, oh my God. I mean, um, honestly, I don't They're donkey these you. people. They're donkey these people. 
Yeah, no, and this was an infant. <laughs> what was it gonna do? Run away? <laughs> Great question. My cat has a bigger brain than the infant. I'm sure. <laughs> like I've I've seen you put like just little drops of water on the baby, and they'll start freaking out. So will my cat. <laughs> um. Yeah, but Spencer, but Spencer's just like super rude to Melissa. Makes a comment about um why she her comment something like why are you planning a christening because the baby might not come out human like 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 did i laugh yes but was i also on team um mrs hastings when i was like "Mm, that was low yes so um my mom what's up uh she always there's a quote from a movie and i don't know what movie it's from but she says like if if I say something and it's funny but it's inappropriate she says funny but wrong (laughs) funny but wrong but wrong yes and so I I thought about that I was like you know Spence funny funny wrong wrong (laughs) like Aria did the thing of like I'm a white girl who like is going to continue talking even though I know I should stop when I'm like talking back to my parents and then mm-hmm. Spencer did the thing that I also do I do both of the I used to do both of these things as a bad okay. child um where I would say something that I thought was really funny but I knew I shouldn't say mm-hmm. and my parents would be like mm, you can't say that and I'd be like well you see I'm mentally ill so I can't <laughs> We've already discussed this. I'm sick in the head. Um, <laughs> so we move on to Emily's room. What did Emily do? She's emailing uh, Samara. Sam! They're just, yeah, they're just talking about the week and how it's been. I like Sam. Yeah. And Pam enters the room. Uh, Emily's mom. Yes. Immediately, Emily's first reaction is, is dad Okay. And Jay, when she said that, my heart sunk. I was like, he better be okay. <laughs> if anything happens to Wayne, I swear to God. <laughs> like, honestly, I think he's like, uh, have you seen those YouTube videos Um, that's like um, ranking air character on the show from good to evil? No, I don't think so. Well, they're, they're like hour long um, things and it's like, okay, on the list, like how good someone, someone is to how evil someone is. And I think Wayne is one of the few people on the show that's on the good side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and luckily he is okay thank goodness um but he would like for he's been reassigned to texas yeah he would like for pam and emily to join him and i think texas would have been fun in 2011 yeah but also like for a weekend no oh yeah she was like oh yeah yeah, Emily didn't like catch to on. visit? <laughs> yeah. The answer is no. no. Not not like for a year. Pam wants them to move to Texas because it's really understandably hard for her to raise Emily on her own. Yes. Hundreds of miles away. Fair. From her husband. Yes. And she feels like, you know, it would be good for Emily. To, like Emily's like I'm just learning how to belong in Rosewood. I'm just finding my place. And her mom says, like, your place is with your family. Which I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm on team. Um, I, I think they need to go to Texas. I, th- I, I think I get, um, uh, I love the, the growth, the arc Emily had this season, the growth she is into the uh, woman she is right now. Uh, Comma, but Rosewood is not a town that you need to be in right now. This is not good for your psyche. And, <laughs> like, not only and, that, I, and I don't even think um, Mama knows it, but like, get this child out of this town. <laughs> yeah, and also like, gay people. I know that people don't think so, but gay people exist in Texas. Yeah, and also just like every everybody has a point in their life where they move away from their hometown. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody, and. You know, it's hard to move when you're 16, but like your yeah. life is not over. Your ju- life is legit just getting started. And honestly, like being the new person at 16 has a lot of opportunity, especially if you're as like cool and nice as Emily. Like Emily is so dope. Like full stop. <laughs> so, I mean, and like she's been very lucky as a military kid to have not had to move since she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like quite honestly. No, no, for real. She's had her way for quite some time. Um, I've, I, I've, met, a, I've met a few ahead. military. I've met a few military brats in my day. I have not met them long. Yeah, exactly. And like, she obviously has close relationships here. It might take her some time to adjust, but like, I don't think it's the end of the world. It's it's not. It's not like like who are you besides the maybe court four. Who are you seriously missing when you leave Rosewood? Janet. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, like Samara, who you just met, Paige, who tried to kill you. Like honestly, Emily, you might just be finding yourself here, but you ain't got no strong roots here. <laughs> Mm-mm. Um. Yeah. So shall we move to school? Let's go to school. It- education there is no education happening here (laughs) so there's a moment where aria is on the phone she's walking through the halls and ezra's on the phone he's walking through the halls and they come to face to face and they hang up yes i was like well that's stupid framing i didn't like it yeah i didn't like it either um and then ezra's like i just turned in my resignation letter and guess what i was so ready to stay in officer reynolds well give us the backstory so so last episode at the very end after Arya leaves this man's apartment there is a figure on the other side of the hallway that happens to see a teenage girl leave his home and that was officer Reynolds he knocks on his door and says I have a few questions for you sir about a student (laughs) and I thought he got caught this is going down and then when he's saying a cop was here last night asking about his child and starts off saying I just turned in my resignation letter. Signs are pointing to, he got caught being with a student and he's trying to dip. And I'm like, you know what? Get him out of here. And he's all smiles when he's talking about his resignation letter. (laughs) So I'm like a little confused. (laughs) Listen, I just heard resignation letters and I just went blind and started dancing in my head. Like, get this man away from children. Get this man away from children. It turns out that Hollis offered him a job, Hollis College, where Arya's dad works. And somehow this is good news. No, 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 no. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard this man say. And I've heard him say many stupid things. <laughs> but go he's ahead, like, go ahead. Fill us he's in. Like, 
listen, now that I won't be your teacher anymore, now we can start doing things in public. We can go to coffee shops. We can hold hands. We can take pictures in public and not just behind my um apartment door. And I'm like, no, this is still illegal. <laughs> like, like you off. can get coffee, <laughs> but not as a date. Yes. You can both go to the same poetry reading, but not as a date. Yes. And Aria punches him really hard for scaring her. And I was like, you know, girl, I wish that's you the harder. only correct decision you've made. <laughs> I, I, I got so disappointed so quick. Um, <laughs> and it turns out also. What else happened? The cop wasn't asking about Aria. He was asking about Spencer. He was asking. It, it was more about Spencer. And of course it was because it's, all, it's Garrett. <laughs> and Garrett is supposedly invested in Spencer. Spencer, like being found innocent. And I say supposedly because of things we find out later. Supposedly, yes. Um, like, like Arya's not under investigation right now. Just Spencer. right. And so he was asking about uh, Spencer's connections to the props in the play, so like the trophy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. That tracks. Um, you should have been got this information, but you know, I don't not for me to judge your job. Right. <laughs> um, and Ezra and Arya like finally are on the same page, but also like can we t- take a moment? Let's talk about Ezra's communication skills. Okay, but because he's a grown man. Yes. If I am a grown human, okay, in a grown relationship. He's not in one. I know, but let's pretend for a minute. <laughs> okay. This relationship could be a friendship. It could be romantic. It could be any kind of relationship. There is a there is a connection between two people of any kind. Mm-hmm. If there is a problem at hand, for example, a cop came to my house and I'm concerned about my relationship to this other person being impacted by the cop visiting. Mm-hmm. When I see that person, after sending them stressful texts in the middle of the night, I assume, Mm -hmm. uh, after that, I would say, hey, I'm so sorry for those really stressful texts. Turns out the cops were asking about a different person. It wasn't about us. I just want to make sure we're on the same page and then share the news about Hollis. Yeah, I want to share the news about Hollis and then say, oh, yeah, I did text you about that. We should talk about that. You know, just like, yeah, but instead he's all over the place. All these conversations are happening at the same time. Correct. And there's no and, clarity. And, and also he's jumping from conversation to conversation, too. It's not just like they're on two different pages. Like he starts on one conversation and goes to another. Yeah, he's like, oh, I resigned. And also he's talking about Spencer. And also now we can go on dates. Yeah. Like what? And I get it. The excitement has gone to both of his heads. And both of them need to be chopped off. You said it first. <laughs> um, I happen to agree with you. Um, but as a grown man who teaches English mm-hmm. and writing, which is a form of communication, you would think he would be able to have a coherent conversation about a potential horrible investigation into le- the legality of their relationship or her best friend going to jail <laughs> do 
you care about this girl because you do not seem invested in her friend's success. Well, uh, listen, <laughs> he obviously cares about the girl, just not about her friendships or her age. Right, or, but like, the thing is situation. like, he's so, he acts like he's so interested in Arya, yet he's barely said anything about his past. Correct. And when he has, it's been under threat. Um, He's doing nothing to support her when her best friend is being investigated for murder and everyone knows it in the entire town. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like I guess we can give him credit that maybe off off screen he's like, Hey, how are you doing? How's Spencer doing? How's she holding up? You know, do you need anything at this time? But he's also asking a 16-year-old to be upfront and honest and also to understand what she needs at any given time. Yeah. Which like he shouldn't do anyway, but like no, you're grown though. Stop. Stay away. But yeah, so like he just But also really I, I I could never understand the mind of a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> But also just, like, his communication skills, like, no wonder he's interested in children. He thinks like a child. <laughs> oh, and then to uh, end this scene, and I wanted Arya to die. offers and I wanted to, to show die. Ezra her bedroom when he comes over for the mixer. Honestly, Jay, if, if that was not sign enough for you to be like, wait a minute, I should not be in this relationship. <laughs> this is a child offering me to show me her bedroom in her parents' house. Like, I gagged. <laughs> like, like, I, like I was like oh my god so I was at a friend's house shout out to Aub- Aud- uh, Audrey and Gabby uh, I was at mm-hmm. their house last weekend their apartment last weekend and they're and both of them were like oh yeah like I got some new books on my bookshelf like do you want to check out my bookshelf it's in my room because we we're talking about reading as we mm-hmm. do and um, I felt they were like I, you can go in just go into my bedroom you can go by yourself and, like check out the books whatever and I was like you, I'm allowing your room by myself to look at your bookshelf like People are allowed in my apartment all the time, but please don't come in my bedroom. And here's a 16-year-old girl who's like, mm-hmm. please come into my bedroom, older man. No, not okay. Homegirl, your underwear might be on the... F- you know she does not have a neat, tidy room. I've seen her room. Wait, wait pause, pause. Do, do you remember that bag she gave Emily to hide? Yeah. <laughs> I have like a fork and a napkin. <laughs> I just, Mm-mm. not okay. You, you know that she like was eating like pasta in her bed one day, and the bowl is like on her nightstand. And you know what? I what? got that idea because there's a bowl in my nightstand, and I don't invite people into my room. <laughs> You're like, this is the reason why I say no. <laughs> like, I'm an adult and I do that. So a teenager, mm-hmm. excuse me. <laughs> you know, maybe she does need to invite him in her room so that they can break up. Oh, like, yeah. you're disgusting. Please. <laughs> but yeah, I just imagine like there's maybe like a towel on the floor, an empty water bottle. And uh, Arya's just probably not the clean. I don't know. Something about her just makes me think that like she lives in a depression cave and having Ezra there just... Maybe it would make them break up a little quicker because we'd be like, you nasty girl. Yeah, I like, do you think that Arya being a mess would be a turnoff for, uh, for Ezra? Hopefully, like honestly, like anything they these two need to to break up, like make it happen. If it's because 
um, Arya's a filthy person, make it because you're a filthy person. <laughs> like, how has A not made this happen? Break those two up? Yeah. Haven't we discussed that A actually likes Arya? <laughs> but like, A seemed to like be on their high and mighty relationship horse when it came to Arya not telling her mom about her dad. You know what? They were. They, they in fact, were. <laughs> and now A is okay with an illegal relationship. I'm not okay with it. Adultery is not illegal. Correct. 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 Um, but what, what, what Ezra Arya got going on is very illegal. Yeah. So I'm just a little confused, A. We'll, we'll pause. We, 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 we saw how Spencer was talking about the relationship. And if Spencer was googling over it... Are you saying Spencer is A? I'm not saying Spencer's A, but I'm saying right now, if I had to trust someone's um, common sense, it is Spencer's. <laughs> and Spencer did not even have the common sense to be like, this is not it, fam. I guess. So, so I, so, and, and as someone who also currently thinks A is a teenager, like, I don't know if these teenagers realize how terrible of a situation this is. Yeah. Okay. I buy it. Like- <laughs> You're like, fair enough. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, so after they're after one of their classes, Hannah. Wait, 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 wait. Did we say um that um Ezra let Arya know that she's come? He's coming to her house. Yeah, yeah. That was that whole conversation about yeah, like going to see her room. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. B- no, bad bad idea. I, I would be like, I'm not going. I can't, I can't go. This is not okay. But he <laughs> wants to be buddy buddy with her dad. Remember? No. Like, do you full-heartedly believe the moment they open up about this relationship to their parents? Oh, I don't think that's going to go well at all. I don't think so. (laughs) No, not at all. But he's already, like, friendly with Ella, so why not be friendly with Byron, too? Also, it'd be really awkward if he didn't show up because he just took the job. You know what? Fair enough. And for all we know, the faculty mixers to welcome him to the team. (laughs) <laughs> no but, but what a power move to just like not show up to a party that's thrown for you honestly throw me a party <laughs> i will not show up valid <laughs> but what happened next? so hannah and mona are talking after class and hannah's like hey did caleb try to give me a letter or something at the festival and mona's that's like it. absolutely not but if he did I would have looked out for you and done the right thing and gotten rid of it. <laughs> it was, well, he also said, like, honestly, there's nothing in that letter that could have made up for everything that he's done for you. Yeah. So. She's like, honestly, if he wrote you a letter, it's probably full of shit. And Mona <laughs> is not wrong. She is not incorrect. Not at all. Nope. I'm, I'm Timona here. <laughs> I was going to say, when has Mona been incorrect? And the answer is when she calls, when she makes fun of Lucas for, allegedly being a hermaphrodite but like and, and when i tell you that's her biggest flaw but also maybe her only flaw <laughs> like it's a big flaw it's a big flaw it's a big flaw <laughs> like big we're flaw. not looking past the inherent like transphobia and homophobia here yes <laughs> but also she like leans in to like give hannah a kiss on a cheek here on her cheek here and honestly i thought they were gonna kiss <laughs> for a brief moment i was like please 
<laughs> Listen. Can you imagine that power couple? Mona and Hannah? They yeah. Last. <laughs> I ship it. They would not last. <laughs> yeah, but but the but the fireworks of them being together. Um, everyone will be shook. That would be an like uh I don't know what level it was bad for earthquake, but a bad level earthquake. Oh yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um and turns out Lucas is eavesdropping. Why is he back? <laughs> when I tell you, okay. Yes. When you saw him, did you think he was gonna die this episode? <laughs> no, I did not think that. Because when I saw him in the previous Leon, I was like, oh my god, AJ's gonna be like, why is he back? He must die this episode. <laughs> I thought I was reading your mind. Uh, no, see here, I, I thought Lucas was about to be dream about guy, and I'm like, oh my god, not this. <laughs> well, Hannah's like, how long are you gonna be mad at me? You can't be mad at me forever. And he's like, I can. And please stay mad at her and stay away. That's all I ask. I don't ask for much. Well, folks, I think I ask for a lot, but I get nothing. But the so things you're asking, asking for are not are not unreasonable. You're asking for men to disappear, and honestly, <laughs> I agree. Like, you know, when, when I tell you, I can probably count on one finger the number of good men on the show. Sean, maybe. He's on thin ice for a minute. Yeah, yeah, for a minute. Um, Sean. Uh, Toby. Emily's Maybe. dad. Emily's dad. <laughs> <laughs> um. Are we at the end? That one cop. Oh, oh yeah, that one nice cop. <laughs> that one. <laughs> the one cop that was like, hey, your daughter needs your help. I will ignore the fact that you were stealing from an old woman who's about to die. Pause, Jay. When they said they dropped the storyline, they just dropped that storyline completely. They were like, "Listen, let let the Marins have a little bit of a break." <laughs> they said we did introduce a new character, but we're not going to follow up on him at all. They said Ashley's too hot for jail. Listen, I will beat the Ashley is a milf train like drum till the end of time. So you don't have to beat it. It's like an entire symphony. <laughs> as long as we, and like the thing is, it's not even like, the thing is like, it's not about her physicality. I mean, it, it just doesn't hurt, but like, <laughs> it's not, it's not her physicality for me. She's hot as a, like her character is hot. She said, be pretty, do crime. <laughs> and I said, yes, ma'am. I, I was banging the drum for a little while though that she needs to be arrested. <laughs> She's been through some things. Let her have a <laughs> You know who else went through some things? Jenna. Yeah. You know what? I like that transition. Let's go to that. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jenna is in the music room because she's into music. That makes sense. That tracks. You know what? Valid. Uh, if you hear rumpling in the background, that's Tony digging through my trash. Um, my cat Understood. but um, Spencer and the girls decide to go confront Jenna because she's alone in the music room okay Jenna has no idea who they are you know why they blinded blind. her she, they blinded this girl and she says who's there and Spencer says it's Spencer and, and? obviously Spencer's not alone mm-hmm. so Jenna says "Who's who else is with you and she says 
Arya, Emily, and she pauses and she says, and Hannah. I don't think she needs to pause for Hannah. We, we knew Hannah. No, I, you know why she did though, right? Because she slapped her. The slap heard around <laughs> the world. <laughs> we stand a good slap. A nice deserved slap is always a good slap. And I'm not sure if this, that one was deserved. It, but it like, wasn't, but but like, it's, but it was deserved in my heart. I had it, earned. It's, I it's, had earned that slap. It's like when someone does something terrible but gets away with it, but then goes to jail for funny, something funny, but wrong. Like I think that's the same energy. <laughs> you, you're you might be carrying the demon spawn in your in your uterus to your sister. It's on the same level as let me slap the girl we blinded because she might be blackmailing me. <laughs> You know what? Same level. <laughs> the child Funny, of a murderer. But wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. Um, and honestly, I think Jenna is rightfully still a little scared of Hannah. <laughs> As she should be. Like, besides the fact that she slapped her, and besides the fact that they blinded this girl. Like, honestly. <laughs> like, Jenna could use a little break. Why does Jenna not have a restraining order? <laughs> <laughs> or. <laughs> Bless, Bless me. Is that <laughs> cosmic punishment for her sexually abusing her stepbrother? You know what? She doesn't need to be punished. I think the slap was deserved, just not for the reasons Hannah thought. Yes. There we go. We've justified <laughs> Hannah's actions. <laughs> Listen, if there's nothing you love doing more, then it's um, giving married women reasons to commit crimes. Listen. <laughs> White women slapping each other for my entertainment. Just kidding. Cut that out. Felipe, please. <laughs> I don't condone assault, but I do condone punishment for sexual assault. Yes. Um, so they asked Jenna. They basically say, Spencer basically says, like, we have the video. Mm-hmm. We know what you were doing. Mm-hmm. What do you know? Yeah. Tell us, or we're going to have to share this with the police. Fair and enough. it turns out that uh, Jenna was visited by Allison back the day before she returned from Georgia. And Jenna was, was out of town, essentially recovering from being blinded. Mm-hmm. And she had moved out of Rosewood. It was it was a good time. I, I I'm I'm happy for this flashback. I feel like this was the flashback I've been asked for all season. I feel like no. flashbacks through Jenna's perspective are I don't know, they they're less nice about Allie. And I kind of like that. Correct. Um they're not as rose colored, you know what I mean? Not literally, but which in my eyes makes it more realistic. <laughs> yeah. Um so Allie visit in the past, Allie visited um, visited Jenna and played the video for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess really played the audio for her. Mm. I mean, just to be clear, this is after she's blinded. Correct. And before Allie disappears. Correct. Um, and, and Allie blackmails Jenna and says, if you return to Rosewood, I will bury you. What do you think she meant by that? I will bury you. I think yeah. uh, she she will release the tape and uh, ruin her life. Okay, so you don't think it was an actual death threat? 
I didn't think it was an actual death threat, but I did say Jenna um, bury Allison first. We do get there, yeah. <laughs> um, and what did you think? What else did you think about this flashback with Allie blackmailing Jenna? I, I I was I was genuinely upset. Like Jenna just wasn't like you know what screw you I'm gonna tell anyone everywhere anyway. Like at the like pause. If there's nothing that I would like more, then it's for two bad people to get their comeuppance. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, <laughs> so I I don't care that um well pause. I do very much care about what Jenna did. Um, it was very serious and very important. Uh, but at this point in time. Allison did a terrible thing as well. And just because you did a terrible thing don't mean it's okay for terrible things to be done to you by other people. Yeah. And Jenna still wants this video to be kept a secret, even though she's back in Rosewood now. Mm -hmm. She only came back to Rosewood, they realize, the day of Ellie's funeral. Because they were all like, why is she back? Why is she here? Why would Jenna show up at Ellie's funeral? And suddenly it makes sense. She wanted to make sure that Allie was dead. Like, she could come back if Allie was gone forever. Yes, which is nice. And so she wanted to make sure that everything, like, the book was closed. But, but I, I, I said this about Emily. What is so great about Rosewood? Like, honestly, I feel like if I was in Rosewood, I would want nothing more than to get out. So I think there's an argument that maybe Toby is in Rosewood. Is he? At that time, yeah. Or he's in juvie. Yeah. But I, I think there's... Well, no, he's he's back because he walked her into the church. No, because then he get off the day of her murder? Yeah. Allison's murder? Yeah. So, Toby is back in Rosewood. Um, and then there's also the idea of, like, maybe she was, like... I don't know why she would stay, but you might want to go to make sure this girl's actually dead. Fair. You might want to go and like see if there's anything to find this video and make sure no one else sees it ever again. Um, I feel like Allison got off too scotch-free today. Yeah, and also it could be that like if I tell you, AJ, yes, I made cookies, you can't have one. What? You're going to be thinking about how you want a cookie now. Yeah, why can't I have a cookie? If I tell, if I'm Allie and I tell Jenna, you can never come back home. As long as I live there, you cannot come back home. <laughs> all of a sudden, all she wants is to go back home. Because it's the one thing she can't have. Oh, see, I thought we were about to go down the spite route. And you know, I love nothing more than spite. Well, I mean, also spite. <laughs> so that begs the question, does Jenna have anything to do with Allie's murder? Because if Ali, if Jenna can get rid of Allie, if, if she can make it so that Allie's not in Rosewood anymore, death or otherwise. Like, I, I, I would not say from this flashback, I thought she did. But um, but then my sisters came back to me and was like, no, she didn't. She's blind. Blind people can still commit crimes. And also I, yeah. blind people can still participate in crimes without committing the actual crime. I think... Have you never heard of a hitman? No, no listen, he is not a hitman. <laughs> also, at this point, <laughs> um, 
Allie in the flashback mentions that the guy that she's seeing likes to make movies. And let me tell you, that line was so creepy. Oh, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to end myself. Like tr- Truly, I wanted to end this entire podcast. I was like, that line alone is disgusting. Yeah, because he was basically making child porn. Yes, 100%. Yeah, so. I, I, this, this show is so bad. It, 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 it hurts my heart. But I, I think she could be an accomplice to murder if she knew enough about the situation. I don't think she knew nothing. enough about the situation. I, I think that night there is too much information going on for her to know what's happening, especially considering she's still in the hospital. No, that was the day before she returned to Rosewood. So it was the day before she went missing. She, yeah, the, the, so, so she returned to Rosewood. Allison was in the hospital, correct? No, Jenna was. I mean, Jenna was in the hospital, right? Were they not in the hospital when this happened? They were in the hospital, yeah. So, so Jenna was still in the hospital the day she came back, and then the very next day she's murdered. Yes, and there was a line later on that makes me think Jenna might be involved. Ooh, it's a very subtle, quick thing, and I'm not sure. referring to the murder exactly but we see it in this episode basically we'll end up seeing that Garrett Ian and Jenna are all involved in some way right they are did I watch the same episode as you you have to explain this to me because at some point in this episode we see that uh Garrett Jenna yes Ian question mark in in the next in the next scene, that scene, uh, Spencer is sitting with the with the group, and yes. they have a burner phone. Which Spencer's like, yeah, Homeland Security's trying to make these things illegal. Burner phones are still legal in twenty twenty two. Wait 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 wait. Real, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Um, Jenna um said a line in the last um scene, uh, where she was basically like, yeah, I did a bad thing, but y'all also did a bad thing. Um, to me, and that does not make y'all morally superior just because I did a bad thing. Yeah, which is the theme of the show. <laughs> I, um, thought good, I thought that was a good line from Jenna. Yeah, okay, and I think continue. it also shows, and it, again, if you think about like the interconnectedness of their lives, mm-hmm. it's this vicious cycle of doing bad things only leads them to doing worse things to one another. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing anything bad, it's going to end up hurting everyone. Yeah. So it's almost mutually assured destruction. And they need to stop it. AJ but said, "Stop." <laughs> stop doing bad things. He said, "Racism, knock stop it, it off." <laughs> Racism, stop it. Um, sexism, stop it. Stop Xenophobia, it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Say, Julie Chen. Um, but yeah, she. And Hannah's like, what? Homeland Security is trying to, what? And Spencer's like, do you watch CNN? And Hannah just stares at her blankly. It's beautiful. I don't think Hannah watched CNN. (laughs) No, but- um, I don't think she watched any news channel. (laughs) But Spencer is going to try and blackmail Ian about the videos. And Hannah ends up like adding to the message and like, she just grabs the phone from Spencer's hands and like actually sends the blackmail message. And I'm like, thank you, Hannah, for doing what needs to get done. Thank you. Like, honestly. (laughs) But 
this whole time they're like staring Ian down. While and I was like, stop, stop looking, stop looking at him. Um, you just want to get caught. And he makes eye contact with them at one point, so he knows they're looking. Um, <laughs> and um, they set a place for them to meet at a park at nine p.m. And they demand ten thousand dollars for the videos. Bet. Ten thousand dollars. Do you think that if you needed ten thousand, let's say that you had ten thousand dollars in your bank account, which for the record I do not, <laughs> excluding your bike money, <laughs> do you think that you could access ten thousand dollars within less than twelve hours for a no. blackmail scenario? I can't. I think the bank would be like, "Excuse me." <laughs> Listen, I know also, I how much does he get paid? He's a field hockey coach. He does he even, I don't think he teach there. He's just a coach. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't seem that smart. Which is why I said he don't think he teach there. <laughs> um, but anyway, before we can like delve into that, Mona joins the table. Oh, I love Mona in this situation. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, the ha- cheer of Hannah crew has arrived, and everyone's like, I gotta go. And she was like, well, I guess it's just Mona. <laughs> yeah, she's, all right. And then there were four because Spencer leaves. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them, she, she's like, then there were three. Then there were two. And Hannah's like, Spencer's going through some stuff. I got to go. And she's like, and then there was Mona. And I was like, Mona. <laughs> Mona. <laughs> um, and Hannah accidentally left her cell phone. And of course, Caleb calls her. Boo, stop, stop, boo. <laughs> and Mona says, lose her number. She's already lost yours. Please. Uh, she threw away the letter. She wants nothing to do with you. Correct. Go, Mona. Ta- Mona being a real friend. <laughs> AJ said, first episode, this girl's my, this nerdy Asian girl is my favorite. <laughs> I did. And look at her now. Listen, she's stepping up when no one else will. <laughs> well, don't love her for too long. Because okay. Lucas is going to come up and she's back on calling him a Hermie. Yes, yes, yes. Bad, bad, comma, but also. Um, And he is suspicious. No, wh- because... no, no, stop. Why is he here? Why is he dropping? What are you doing? <laughs> I, think he, I think he just wants the gossip about Hannah. I, th- I thought you hate her. I thought you were annoying her. What are yeah, you doing? I hate people. I still want to know what's going on in their lives. Listen, Jay, once I hate someone, oh, they're done. I, 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 have, I have no interest in you. I have hate like, interest in far too many people. L- l- listen, when I hate you, you how no you, longer have How do you think the Kardashians are so popular? People love to hate them. And they have no space in my mind. Right, but you're not a... <laughs> we've talked about this. You also don't have, like, excitement for things. <laughs> like, hobbies. <laughs> Okay, Tony Vlachos, like <laughs> you don't have a segment for that things. interview with Rob haunts me every day. The thought of Tony just going home watching Paw Patrol with his kids and like going to sleep. Honestly, sounds like a nice life. <laughs> sounds boring as hell. Like, dude. <laughs> you've won three million dollars. And he says all I do is work, um, interact with my kids and go to sleep. And I'm like, you know what respect. And yeah, anyway, for those, <laughs> let's get back to this. So he starts asking questions about Caleb leaving town because he kind of overheard what she was saying to him. 
And Mona says, listen, I'm sorry for always making fun of you, but I'm funny. <laughs> like, like, that's pretty much what she says. <laughs> Am I wrong? I feel like you said that many times. <laughs> yeah, but I'm funny. <laughs> like, she's not sorry. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> um, but she does offer him a makeover and she's like, and he's like, I'm not Hannah's type. And she's like, but you could be. And Lucas is like, he's clearly not interested. Not not, not interested at all. Uh, also, Lucas, move on. Stay away. Like, Will we get more Lucas in season two? I pray not. But what do you think? Probably. I have <laughs> trained you so well to expect disappointment. <laughs> um... So this is the scene that I really wanted to get. To. Like, Sorry like, no, for like, yada yada. No, no, like honestly, Jay, full stop. If 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 you could keep like just a core, the core four, and like a few other characters, and just recast everybody else, I would be okay. But we have to keep Mona. Okay, Mona can stay. <laughs> hey, minus the homophobia and the transphobia, but we Correct. can keep Mona. Correct. So this next scene is the one that we want that I really wanted to talk about with my my hints. So Jenna. It seems, it seems, gets a phone call from Ian Mm -hmm. where she learns that, where she tells him that the girls have the footage. Oh, pause, pause. I would like to make, I would like to adjust my statement from earlier because I also made a mistake in my notes earlier. Okay. I don't know why today I've been confusing Tobias and Ian like multiple times. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. That's all. I was like, what does Toby have to do with anything? I was like, oh, Toby and no, Ian aren't the same person. Ian, Ian gets the phone call from Jenna about the video. And Ian's like, don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. And he starts driving into the forest. Because mm. so this said, is was where... Like, Wait a minute, Toby was with Spencer. He didn't get a phone call. Oh, wrong person. <laughs> Correct. So this is why I say they're all connected. I get my right? white people confused. <laughs> right, but like, so... No, continue. So later, Jenna starts complaining about Allison basically like torturing her from beyond the grave. Yes. And she turn and she turns. She's talking to somebody. It turns out it's Garrett, Officer Reynolds, and he Officer says, "I'm going to make sure nothing bad happens to you." And they make out. And so Ian, Garrett, and Jenna are somehow all connected. Is my my takeaway from this? And I just got so disappointed. I just asked for grown men. Stay away from children. That's all I ask. Yeah. That's, that's all, I don't ask for much. That's all I ask. So, the second thing I'm asking for this, in this episode, but still, I don't ask for much. So let's recap what we know. Tell there is a know. video of Jenna coercing Toby. Correct. Ian knows about this video. We don't Correct. know why. Correct. Assuming, we assume he made the video. Because we know Allie was dating an older boy who likes to make movies. Correct. And we know that Allie was seeing Ian. Correct. We also know that Jenna is now seeing, possibly was seeing, Garrett. We also know that Garrett is a cop investigating Spencer. We also know that Garrett says that nothing will happen to Jenna and he will take care of the video. So whether Garrett's involved somehow in the videos, we don't know. 
but we do know that he's going to make sure that Jenna doesn't get in trouble. So inherently he's connected to, by protecting the videos, he is protecting Ian, whether he knows it or not. Mm-hmm. So that is why I say they are all connected to the videos. I, I don't know what they got planned for um, Clayton Reynolds. <laughs> I don't understand. Why. Yes. Uh-huh. Ooh, I'm the one drinking. <laughs> for record. I don't know what Reynolds um has to do with they have planned for him in season two. But at this point, I'm like, I don't know why you're here. And I'm not happy that you're here. Well, I think he's right now, for now, he's there as like a dirty cop, right? We had one of those. Yeah, but like we don't know what happened to Weldon. <laughs> I don't need another one. Yeah, but you've heard a few bad apples. There's every apple is bad here, okay? Fair enough. (laughs) I'm not talking about nobody's dad. I'm just talking about the ones that show. Um, People to stop macking on children. Correct. (laughs) If if, if you get one thing from this season, from AJ, it's grown folks, stay away from children. This season, you mean this in, in perpetuity? No, this podcast as a whole, since we started. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, if you get nothing else from me. It is that if you are an adult, stay away from kids. Correct. Um, so Emily meets, Emily sees Garrett outside and he offers to invite her to movie night at, her, at his family's. They're going to watch dancing with the stars back when that was still relevant and uh emily says no thanks and she goes to talk to hannah but this is how we know that garrett kind of lied to emily it seems he's not going to family night he's gonna go make out with jenna see see at first at first i was like oh no please don't I have any feelings for Emily. She's a child. But then I thought, oh, it's a cover-up. I thought, oh man, you're going to this other child. Yeah. It's 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 hard. I can't have nice things with the show. None of us can. <laughs> um, what was Spitzer up to? Well, I was gonna say oh, there's more scene with ha- Emily and Hannah on the stoop where they're like joking about Emily moving to Texas and like her coming back with like big hair and like dating a beauty queen. I just thought that was really cute. It was a nice moment. Yeah. I loved Hannah's fake Southern accent. I thought it was really funny. I'm garbage. It's okay. You know, you're not truly Southern. I am. (laughs) Good, sir. I know where you were born. (laughs) All right. You're going to go down the whole white supremacist three generations or more. Because you know that rule was made not against me. <laughs> it is literally based in anti-blackness. But AJ, we already knew that you were racist. <laughs> and misogynist. Based on your feelings throughout the series. <laughs> Honestly. AJ said, every- I do not support women. Especially <laughs> black women. <laughs> I will not take this later. I will not this later. AJ also said that um, this is slanderous. I think this you is as smart 
You... This is defamation of my character. You also didn't know the color purple from that. And I think I have to resign. <laughs> I think I... I'm I, just I... stating facts here. I, I think, Nessie, you gotta do this with Sarah Carradine. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I would. Where is Sarah Carradine? Why is she not on our podcast? Honestly, she's amazing. <laughs> because crime scene? Amazing. These are crimes. <laughs> against yes, humanity. They, they really are. <laughs> anyway, Toby and Spencer are actually studying in Spencer's room. And... She ends up sitting in his lab looking out a window while he reads a book by Jack Kerouac. Like, whatever. Nothing interesting. Um, but Spencer does get a text from her sister saying she needs a ride home from the church. Um, and Toby tells Spencer that he'll keep Jenna busy if she wants him to. But he's like, I wish I was going with you. And Spencer's like, no, you're helping me by finding out everything that Jenna might know. Um, and then they make out again, and she says that he's a safe place to land for her. I just, I just don't like them as a couple. Why not? <laughs> we like Spencer, we like Toby, why can't they make out? Listen, I like Sean, I like Hannah. I was like, they shouldn't be together. <laughs> yeah, but like, that was clearly, there was clearly, like, these are, this is like, a, like, the government thinks they're Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> The falsely accused Bonnie and Clyde of Rosewood. I love it. Correct, correct, correct. And listen, just like five episodes, Spencer was ready for him to go to jail and throw away the key. Yeah. <laughs> she had a change of heart, though. Mm, She's mm, like, mm, you I'm could trust. be useful to me. You, you could be useful to me. Yes, he could be. <laughs> she was like, I see a way to solve this crime, and I will solve it any way means necessary. Um... Speaking of crimes. Are you? Ezra? Yeah. There's a faculty hey. mixer at the Montgomery home. And Arya's just so happy to like make flirty eyes at Ezra in her parents' home. I want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's a knock on the door and she goes to open it, greet people. Yes. And guess who it is, AJ? It's Jackie. Who's Jackie? Jackie is um uh, Ezra's ex fiance. Hell yeah, she is. And she broke things off with Ezra. I'm not gonna lie. When when I first saw her, I was like, oh, the whole story was a lie. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> I got really excited. Still could be. Listen, we have got no clarity. Um, she um uh, asked Arya, "Am I at the right place?" And that's all we've heard from Jackie. And honestly, like, here's the thing. Yes. She has no idea who the fuck Arya is legit none <laughs> she's like why is a 16 year old being rude to me am i at their faculty mixer or not right <laughs> like like legit like aria opens the door and she's like a complete bitch to jackie 100 like jackie's done nothing to this girl <laughs> nothing she legit showed up to her work at event <laughs> yeah she was like wow i was invited to this event by one of my colleagues like this is really fun this will be nice and the girl that opens the door is like, who are you, bitch? Why are you here? <laughs> and like, she's supposed to be there. Her name is probably on the invite list. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, like, Arya was doing all this snooping. She didn't once Google this girl's name. I'm sure she has a faculty page. She friended her on not Facebook. Right, but she didn't Google her name. Valid. 
like the first thing you do before you catfish someone is you Google them to like make sure that all the information you know about them checks out. Mm -hmm. And also so that you could like Hannah went through the graduating class list of their university. Yes. To find a fake name to take, to find a name to take. But didn't find out that like homegirl lives in town and works with her dad. But listen, Jay, whatever it takes to get these two to be separate, I'm here for it. Jackie, ruin this relationship. <laughs> My stand card is here and ready to be taken. <laughs> Jackie is our queen. <laughs> the Jackie and Mona show. Um, so Arya goes upstairs. She is angry, and Ezra follows her because he's like, I want to see your room, but also like because he's no. like, Why the fuck are you mad? I agree. Um, and Arya is like, How could you have not told me that Jackie's coming tonight? And also that she works at Hollis and that like she doesn't still live in fucking Italy. And she says, You're like, just because you didn't tell me doesn't mean you didn't lie. Because you're making you're making excuses and she leaves him standing there in her room she storms off and i'm like homegirl this is your bedroom (laughs) but also like don't leave him in there he's an adult and he's a pervert correct correct do not leave that man in here i don't i'm I'm not team Ari in this i'm not gonna lie i'm 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 like (laughs) like i i think sure if you are of a reasonable age and um, you happen to be working with your ex-fiance, that is information that I think is pertinent to be told. Yeah, I yes, agree. Yes, yes. I, I, yeah, I think that is important information. Uh, however, <laughs> I feel like this is a double standard <laughs> and you are overreacting over the fact that, pause, I think she ended things with him <laughs> like what is he what is he going to do like he can pine over her which i'm like yay pine over someone your own age thank god please do that like, yeah. it, like i don't know like but we also seen her when um her babysitter came and she freaked the frick out <laughs> she, she just hates older women she, she's she not knows. a girl's girl <laughs> she's not a girl's girls <laughs> girls girls he's not a girl's girls girl. girls Girl, girl. <laughs> she's girl. a guy's girl yeah gotta get her out <laughs> she gotta go <laughs> um but also like when have we seen her stand up for her friends for her friends i don't think we have like she wasn't like yeah hannah slap jenna you go girl no and she's like hasn't like helped spencer in any meaningful way no she hasn't helped emily with shit not really she's not a girl's girl she's not a girl's girl (laughs) like if anyone is a girl's girl it's hannah hannah's a girl's girl hannah and mona mona's a girl's girl and you know what she's like it like second episode of the show mona was like this is gonna sound a little gay but you look (laughs) so fucking hot Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> a girl's girl would say that. I agree. 100%. Ari, you, you can take a lesson or two from Mona. Um, meanwhile, speaking of Hannah, she's like, Mona told me that I should get rid of Caleb's number, and I'm going to. And yes. then she cries a little bit. Dang it. 
I'm like, I get it. I understand. Like, yeah, she's hard. Uh, let, let the girl, we've all like, loved I'm, I'm, we shouldn't. Yes. <laughs> um, like, like I, I'm like, listen, I know I'm excited that um, Caleb is out of your life and I don't have to see that man ever again, but I'm gonna let you cry for tonight. Yeah. Um, Until I saw what happened next. Yeah, go ahead. And then, then after she leaves, next thing we see Lucas driving back. Um, and there's Caleb in the car. And I'm first off like, Lucas, where the fuck did you get this man? <laughs> and like, Lucas, if you want Hannah to be happy and you don't want Caleb to be in her life, she will find happiness again. Like, listen, listen, Jay, Jay I have had more than one Rick breakup. And I feel like I'm a happy person. <laughs> I think you're happy. You seem happy to me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Listen, breakups happen. People get sad. We move on. <laughs> yeah, like horrible things happen in life, but doesn't mean that you're not going to be happy again. Yeah. And you're allowed to feel all the sadness that you feel. It doesn't yeah. mean you need to bring someone's ex-boyfriend back from like Arizona. I agree. <laughs> um. So... Spencer then goes to pick Melissa back up from the church where they were planning the christening. It gets wild. <laughs> and Melissa can't find her phone and she's freaking the fuck out. Um, are you that connected to your phone? I think if I was in Melissa's situation right there, yeah, I would be freaking out um, because I'm just leaving the phone in public for anyone to snatch it up. Yeah, but like it's not like she lives far away from her family or her fiance or her husband. Mm -hmm. Anyone that she needs to talk to, she will see in the next couple hours. I see. No, no, listen, listen, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Because the level of freaking out that she's doing is like kind of like hormonal pregnant next level freak out. But also, but also it's, it's, I feel like it is exaggerated for someone who like, basically just pulled out of the parking lot yeah like you you could make the what if something happens to ian what if something happens to mom what if what if spencer's right there raining spencer has a phone like spencer's right there she has phone right let's breathe (laughs) even spencer has ian's number she's not gonna use it but she has it nope (laughs) and she has a um burner phone that also has his number right so like let's breathe for a minute but Spencer offers to turn back to the church so they can go and search for the phone. She's a good sister. She's trying to do whatever she needs to do for her sister. Yeah. And out of nowhere, a car comes up and runs into their car. And it's our second hit and run of the season. And I'm like, this is wild. Is this on purpose? The car, the car estimate? Yes. You think so? Yes. Who did it? That's a better question. That, was, I think, that I think that's the better question. My gut when it happened, it was like, A? Okay. And then I was like, no, Reynolds. We know A would. I, I think A would, but I don't think A did this one. Do you think Garrett did it? Reynolds? Yes. But then he's totally fine when he pulls up to the woods later. And listen, when Spencer was at the hospital, the only thing wrong was her hair was like um, a little messed up. Yeah, but like the other driver in a hit and run and his car seemed fine too. Uh, 
um he has a regular car in the cop car i assume yeah but he so you think he crashed the cop, the cop car into because he drove his unmarked vehicle his regular oh. car mm. into the woods listen reynolds said he was going to take care of it then he knew when the um extraction was happening so you think that he deliberately hit spencer but also happened to hit melissa Or that he was aiming to hit Melissa and happened to hit Spencer. I think he knew. Like I think if we've learned one thing from the past few episodes, he knows where Spencer's at at almost all times because of the way he's talking. True, but think about it. So in your scenario, yes, he knows nothing about Ian's involvement. He no, I'm not saying because, because there's no reason because. If he knew that Melissa and Ian's unborn... No, he, he knows what's happening. Jenna told him what's happening. So, so he knows Ian's involvement. Right. But I don't, think he, I don't think he's doing this for Ian. Right. This but, is not a pro-Ian um, hit and run. Right. But that means that not with the knowledge that there is Ian's pregnant wife and preg, his wife and his unborn child, he's going to risk it. Like Jay, for Ian th- th- and for Jenna, Jay, this might sound heartless, <laughs> but uh, t- for Mr. Garrett Reynolds, who is Melissa and that child to him? I just find it hard to believe that, like, who are they? Who, who are they to that man? But Jenna cares. Why would about, that man care? But I think Jenna cares about Ian, not maybe in a romantic way, but I think like they have a friendship, right? We've seen that. And why does Jenna care about Melissa? I I would, I've, I've seen I on the show think many that times. Jenna cares about Melissa. Jenna cares about Melissa because Ian cares about Melissa. I've seen on the show many times friends not care about the person that their friend is in a relationship with. So you're saying Jenna's not a girl's girl either. Jenna's, we've been through Jenna's not a girl's girl. (laughs) Those girls blinded her. (laughs) They do not count. Valid, fair enough. (laughs) If someone blinds you, you do not have to like them regardless of their gender. If you're a girl's girl and a girl blinds you, you can hate that girl. You know what, Valid? So no, I have not seen that Jenna is not a girl's girl. <laughs> we we saw we've seen in the flashbacks that all the girls were hanging out and Jenna was like doing her own thing with her own people. Just because you don't want to hang out with those girls does not mean that you're not a girl's girl. What? <laughs> you are not a girl's girl for these girls. <laughs> okay, so no, because think about it. What's good? Is Taylor from Big Brother not a girl's girl because she doesn't Taylor's want to hang out girls with girl. those specific girls? Taylor's a girl's girl. She says she wants to work with the girls. Yeah, but she but those girls didn't want to hang out with Taylor. So they're not girls' girls. <laughs> no, pause. Listen, those girls that claim to be girls' girls are not girls' girls. I'll say okay, that. So, he, so here's the thing. Okay. I yes. Am, I think that Taylor Swift, stay with me, is a genius marketing talent. Regardless of her her musical talent, which I think she has, but I don't think she's like, you know, the next coming of like Dolly Parton. Um, but like I can I can acknowledge that Taylor Swift is talented and smart. And I can still not like her music and not want to buy her music. That does not mean that I'm not a girl's girl because I don't like Taylor Swift and don't financially support Taylor Swift. I can recognize the genius. And say I don't want to hang out with it, 
or I'm going to put my money into other women who are musicians. It doesn't take away from Taylor Swift in that way. You can dislike, a woman can dislike a woman, another woman and still not put her down. And that's being a, a girl's girl. We, are you just saying that, well, not, not take out this one point. Like, so pretty, pretty, pretty we, we, we just said like, we'll stop, that Mona's a girl's girl. Yeah. Mona has knocked down many girls. <laughs> okay, but like, and, and like, in the name I, of I think, supporting I think... Hannah, <laughs> the ride or die, and the ride or die goes above all else. Like I, I think almost all the girls in the show has knocked down another girl at least one point in time. Maybe not. Emma. Sure, but <laughs> but when Mona does it, it's to support her girl. And the the so pre pre blindness Jenna might have not wanted to hang out with everything but also Allie was bullying her why would she want to hang out with Allie's best friends when Allie was so rude like she's not not a girl's girl she's just not wanting to hang out with the people that are being mean to her who end up blinding her well don't we got information from the other girls like Emily that like yo Jenna was mean to us um full stop like but how much of that can we trust because it's in the alley I trust Emily I trust Emily (laughs) Yeah, but Emily also is like in love with Allie, so she's probably a little blind to the fact. She's that, also like, acknowledged that, um, like, J- J- uh, not Jenna, Allison has mistreated them. Only now has she recognized that. I don't think mm. she would have said that back when Allie was around. Mm. Anyway, what I'm saying is, <laughs> what are you saying? My, my response being... is, why does this stop Garrett from um hitting? Um, homegirl with a car. I'm saying if Jenna were to find out about this, she'd be like, yo, you can't just like go around hitting other people, especially pregnant women, especially pregnant women who have nothing to do with this. You have not convinced me that Jenna cares. I think Jenna has a heart deep down. (laughs) I'm not a Jenna apologist. I'm just saying she wouldn't want a pregnant woman to potentially miscarriage just to maybe hurt Spencer. She would want a direct attack on Spencer. Like, if you're going to hit hit Spencer in a car, make sure Spencer's the one that gets hurt. That's what Jenna would say. You know, like, finish the fucking job. Like, <laughs> she might say finish the um, job, but I don't think she will say, just make sure it's just Spencer that gets hurt. No, 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 no but, but like, if, you, but, like, sure if no you're going to hit the car and, like, if you're like, gonna hit the you, car you, and you're you, not gonna get Spencer hurt, what was the point? Is what Jenna would say. Well, I, I find Jenna to be very ineffective um, at many things. So, <laughs> car accident. Spencer is physically <laughs> fine, but emotionally shaken, obviously, and Melissa is injured not. and potentially has a miscarriage. Correct. They don't know who hit who hit them. Spencer is distraught she's like i might have killed melissa's baby like this is all no, my this fault is not, this is not you spencer it isn't but like understandably like she's blaming herself especially after she like wished harm on ian so many times she thinks ian's a murderer well like she's made her sister miserable and voicing that and now she's like haha you're carrying the devil's spawn and now she's like and i might have killed it like you know like yeah yeah yes yeah. I, I, and i said like, the, the joke was bad the joke you made earlier was bad. Uh, but but the joke did say, not cause she, the car accident. 
It did not cause the car accident. And she actively says, I think you are in danger with the man. Like, you need to get away. It's just because you say no, don't mean I don't think you're still in danger. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Veronica arrives at the hospital and Spencer fills her in. And a police officer comes by and hands Spencer her bag, which has her phone in it. She checks her phone and realizes that her friends have been texting them, asking her where she is, because it's like almost eight o'clock and they're supposed to meet uh, Ian at nine in the park. And Spencer offers to go back to the church to check for Melissa's phone because it's within walking distance. Um, and I just have to say, I know that she's physically fine, but I think about this a lot. People in, after a car accident specifically, are in a different headspace and experience a different kind of trauma mm -hmm. and oftentimes end up doing things or going places that don't make sense. Mm. And I say this for a couple, like I was recently reading a true crime article um, about a woman um, who got in a car accident and then started taking off her clothes because she didn't know where she was and she was like, overheating and like she thought that was the only way to like cool her body down mm -hmm. um similarly I have a friend from college I was his RA in college who for over a year now has been missing in Arizona hmm. um he was a meteorologist and a geologist and he his car was found along mm -hmm. with some of his clothes in the middle of the desert and there's been no sign of him. Hmm. Um, the police theory in his case is that um, he got in a car accident and experienced some sort of head trauma and was confused about where to go. May have started taking off his clothes to again, try and cool down because it was in the summertime in Arizona and it was mm -hmm. over hundred degrees. And it's a common thing that happens both in car accidents and in avalanches actually, because you have this body rush mm -hmm. um, and you don't realize that like you're about, like if you take off your clothes, you're gonna freeze to death. So that's another mm -hmm. story. Um, but that has to do with like other things like the Dialatov pass case and things like that. But people end up wandering off, not knowing who they are and they might seem fine. They might know who they are at first, but when they're found, they're in some sort of fugue state. So why would you allow a teenager to go try and find Melissa's phone when she's experienced this kind of trauma? And why would you let her go by herself? Oh, I would never let um, Spencer go by herself. Like when the moment she said that, I was like, mama, you better say, no, you stay here. Um, I don't, I don't know where the bat is. Y'all two stay there. I'll go get the phone. We'll stop. <laughs> because like Spencer's in no head. She was also in the accident. Like, like, let me tell you something. Spencer's not leaving the hospital tonight. Not alone. And definitely not alone. <laughs> right. And like, even if it was just a regular hit and run, she was in the accident. And like, I'm thinking, like, what, like, it's dark outside. You're going to let your child, like, wander the streets for a mm -hmm. phone? Like, not for a phone. They, she might have a concussion. They don't know. Not for a phone. It's a fucking phone. It's fine. Anyway, like, it just really stood out to me because I was like, I have read so many cases about people entering fugue states and having concussions and, like, all this other stuff where it's like, 
you're just going to let a 16 year old who might've had concussions before, because we know that she plays field hockey and she plays lacrosse and like all these other things. Sure. She might've, she might've had a couple concussions too in her life. Like it just doesn't make, it, it didn't add up. It made me very upset. I was like, Veronica, you're supposed to be a good mom. Um, so they're back at their meeting point, mm-hmm. um, the other girls, and they get a text. They think it's from Spencer, but it's actually from A. Yeah. And the text says, buckle up, bitches. Nothing is as it seems. Which is like, whoa. That, that seemed inconsiderate considering the car crash. Buckle inconsiderate? Up. Inconsiderate. Do, do, do A look like a considerate motherfucker to you? Maybe not. <laughs> Um, so a car pulls up and it turns out that Garrett is there offering help for the Ian situation. So he's, it's his car. Mm-hmm. He's not wearing his, his police outfit and someone shows up and he, and officer Reynolds pulls his gun, put, makes the, makes the guy take out the cash and corners him. And it turns out it's someone that Ian hired on like task rabbit or something. Mm-hmm. it's a random um and i'm like boo 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 yeah. but like smart i don't care yeah. <laughs> boo um you know what smart ian not getting in the relationship with a minor also true but <laughs> officer reynolds turns the boy away he doesn't tell the girls about it um but they already realized it wasn't ian well pause he said go girls go hide and they like decided not to hide listen they're we have <laughs> <laughs> they're smart but they're not smart okay <laughs> we all know people like this yes. um but yeah ian's nowhere to be found where's ian at we we don't know because his wife's in the hospital injured he's not answering his phone he's not answering veronica he's not answering spencer and spencer goes to the church and she's trying to find the phone and she opens the door to the church. First of all, why is the church unlocked? I know some churches that leave the doors unlocked um, as refuge. Yeah, but I don't think, but like, I don't think that Rosewood is offering refuge. Valid. <laughs> like, is anyone still here? Reverend Ackard? Like, anyone? Also, pause. This is just me. I thought the church would be bigger than what it was. Yeah, considering it's, yeah, it's a pretty small, ch- maybe they have multiple churches. I don't know. You know, fair enough. But like, I was like, I'll spend more. <laughs> um, yeah. And they have like the little candles in the back. Do all churches mm. have that? Because I thought it was just a Catholic thing. No, not all churches have that. But it, it like, can't, but it can't just be a Catholic thing because he's a reverend. The, the church I went to um, didn't have that, but I'm also not Catholic, so. Right, but, but they can't be Catholic because you don't, Catholics don't call their priests reverend they say like father Mm. so i don't know what they are but they have the little candle things and i always thought those were cool i don't know oh the candles yeah depending on the mood that seem ritualistic and related to like like tradition Mm. and i don't know it i feel like it adds to the culture of the church in a way. I don't know. Mm. I like, like, I like it. The candles? Yeah, I, I, I think they're cool. 
I hope that's not like coming across as rude because like I understand that they are very much so like about like remembering people who have died and things like that but I kind of think it's cool because like in Judaism we do something similar Mm -hmm. which is why I think it's cool not like oh my god candles cool no understood (laughs) yeah well our listeners might not know that oh fair um and there when she's looking under the pews uh there comes Ian and he calls the anonymous phone number that texted him like lol and the <laughs> burner phone starts ringing in Spencer's bag which I'm like you know what Ian you, you made your move <laughs> yeah he was like check fucking mate dude I'll say check not checkmate <laughs> well he thinks it's checkmate <laughs> and uh she's like hey Ian, I know this looks bad, but your wife and unborn child were in a fucking car accident. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I heard, I got the text. Excuse me, why didn't you go? <laughs> I got the text. Um, if, if you so need more reason, hate me. He, so Spencer takes the flash drive out of her bag as she holds it up. Mm-hmm. And homegirl, and he starts chasing her. She throws the flash drive over his shoulder, which they tell you to do in intruder training. I've taken far too many intruder training courses from the FBI, from uh, the army, from various police forces, you name it. I've had to take several security and intruder trainings. And they always say, find something, like, take your keys and throw them over the person's shoulder. And I'm like, I'm not throwing my keys over their shoulder. <laughs> I need those to drive away. But I will throw, like, a water bottle or, like, sure. one of my shoes, whatever. Yeah. So, like, no, no. good call on Spencer's part. I was like, see, I was also like, good um, good idea to distract them when I thought it wasn't the right flash drive. <laughs> well, like, I assume she made a backup. Mm. She seems like she's the type. <laughs> but like, like also in a life or death situ- like if he's coming at you and that's all you got that's all you got is a flash drive like if all you have is the evidence mm-hmm. and it's your life or the evidence if he kills you he will also get the evidence you're not valid <laughs> like at a certain point um, you just gotta do it so but but could it be i'm not you know i'm not gonna make go, it no go for it <laughs> i was like at one at one point though wouldn't you just be like you know what if i get murdered that just means i was right this entire time <laughs> yeah but i think this is proof of spencer being like a little selfish which is okay in this scenario <laughs> so she starts running so again She's smart, but she's not smart because she runs up the church tower to get away. This is the equivalent of running up the stairs in a slasher film. You never do. You never run up. But in, in Spencer's defense, where else was she going? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I'm just posing questions. See, I see. Listen, I see a murderer in front of me. I say I'm going the opposite direction. And in this case, that was up. <laughs> um, 
And Ian corners her because it's a small church. And Spencer's able he, to he, use he did, her He phone. did a little horror movie thing where he's like, oop, I'm in front of you. We thought I was behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the staging here is pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Spencer has the genius idea of calling Hannah, Emily, and Aria so that they can hear what's going on. Yes. Um, and it turns out that Ian plans to kill to throw Spencer down the ta- the church tower. Yeah. Um, and plan it as a suicide. So. First off, let's say that you're Ian. Yes. Is this the smart plan? To murder a child? Let's say you want to get away. You want to get away with all the things you've done. No, I was about to say the answer is yes. Like if if I if I, if I was in any situation, like honestly, Spencer's gotta die because um she's going too hard for this, and just because I stop her now, do not mean I'll stop her forever. Right. The police are not gonna gonna let like think that she's stupid forever like eventually if she's reporting the same thing over and over again either she's mm-hmm. gonna get institutionalized or they're gonna finally believe her because mm-hmm. she's finally gonna have actual evidence yes um and this is the point where i'd like to bring up another work by john dunn well, I'll also say real quick, if if I was Ian, I would not choreograph what I would be doing to Spencer. You get no clothes during your death. I mean, that's fair, but he's doing the classic like supervillain thing, right? Where See, he... and this is why I would be a good supervillain. <laughs> AJ supervillain era when? <laughs> so, um, John Dunn, mm-hmm. after his wife died, the, his wife was truly the love of his life. Mm-hmm. Um... And when Anne Dunn died, um, he wrote, but did not publish, uh, by a Thanatos, which is a defense of suicide. Um, so Anne Dunn had died five days after giving birth to a stillborn child. Um, and it was the most devastating loss of his life. Um, he did not think that he would be able to move forward from it. And he wrote some poems about it, um, basically questioning, not his belief in God, but questioning why mm. God would do this to him and to human beings. Mm-hmm. And if, if God sacrificed Jesus for his love of humanity, mm-hmm. then how could God allow human beings to continue to sacrifice to lose each other, knowing the pain that mm-hmm. it causes. Um, and this led Dunn to write a defense of suicide, which I am not condoning, mm. um, called Biathanatos. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this book, he argues that suicide is justified when it is done with charity and done for the glory of God. So martyrdom. Mm. So for example, God, if God, if Jesus is God, in a different form, which Dunn and others in that branch of Christianity believed. Mm-hmm. Then technically Jesus slash God died by suicide out of charity for humanity. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so in a way, part of me was thinking about John Donne and For Whom the Bell Tolls mm-hmm. and the, this theme of who is entitled to take a life and when is it justified to take a life? And John Donne asked this question constantly. So it's not just Hemingway. Mm-hmm. Again, Hemingway wrote a wonderful, like it's a, it's a famous book. It's, yes. it's a classic. And, you know, there's, there, there, someone did it before him and it happened to be the same person that he stole the title from. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying he stole it. I'm just mad at the person who wrote the wiki. Yeah. Um, it is more prevalent of an idea in For Whom the Bell Tolls because not many people know about John Donne's work, Defensive Suicide. Yes. Um, but I digress. So part of me is wondering, at this point, based on who's, whoever's perspective you're taking, in the Ian Spencer situation, when is it justified to take a life? Would Ian, if he got away with it, frame this as, for example, if somehow Melissa was brought in on the whole thing? I did this because I love you. I did this for you, for us. I am doing it out of love and perhaps out of charity for you so that we can continue to raise our family without your insane sister. No. You, you know what? Like I could see him trying to frame this as like, like if if Melissa is in on it, right? Like that's the whole thing. If Melissa is somehow in on it, yeah. Being like, or in his own head, let's say he's not talking to Spencer, but I think he he genuine he says to Spencer, because Spencer says, like, how could you do this? Like, you love my sister, like you're going to break her heart. Like, don't you know you're going to hurt her? And he says, I'm doing this because I love your sister. I'm doing this for her. And I think in his head, he's doing this not only selfishly, yes, but also he sees it as selfless. He sees it as I'm making this necessary sacrifice for my unborn child and for my wife. Because mm-hmm. if I'm not in the picture, all of our lives will be ruined. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing what you're saying uh, with the self-justification, but... Um... He needs to get out of his head and be like, no, this is not, you're not doing this for Melissa and your child. <laughs> Full stop. Absolutely. I like, I agree with you, but like, again, who here would be the person defending the suicide? It would be Ian. And I do think in a way he sees his act of homicide framed as suicide as an act of charity or martyrdom. No, 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 no. You're just a terrible person. I agree. I agree with you, but I'm saying from his perspective, I think he thinks he's a murderer. And from his perspective, he is a murderer. Well, from your, from the correct perspective, from everyone else's perspective, like, like he's not a martyr. He's done multiple bad things. He's a terrible human being, and he's just going to continue to do more bad things and harm more people again i agree with you and i am not condoning suicide or homicide i am just trying to add a little bit of layer from Mm -hmm. a literary perspective now from hemingway's book we Mm -hmm. have this idea of 
loss of innocence, which I think we see none of these characters have maintained any semblance of innocence they had in the beginning. Even Emily is like scarred by this entire affair. Um, we see, um, we see romantic love as this possibility for salvation. Even if Ian kills Spencer, he's doing it, he sees himself as doing it for love. He's doing this for Melissa, also for himself, but in- Solely for himself. And so, Continue. but also this, there's this idea of like murder in a church. And when you think of church, mm -hmm. a lot of people think of like, in Christianity, salvation is a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. And for, there's this juxtaposition, right? Of like this beautiful place that's supposed to represent salvation being used as a site of something absolutely horrific in the name of love. um mm -hmm. so i think i think what i'm saying is i think there are ways to connect this episode to its namesakes and i don't think any of it's intentional but again if you have your own thoughts on the literary connections between this episode and the poem and book for whom the bell tolls please email us at two secrets pod at gmail.com that's the number two secretspod at gmail.com thank you for letting me get through that part i just i had to i was like i'm holding on to this this entire time <laughs> um yeah yeah <laughs> um it's also interesting because in the book for whom the bell mm -hmm. tolls hemingway makes the point that uh well, he doesn't, he doesn't make a point about whether killing is moral, right? Because they're in war. And yeah. like every death is important in war, whether it's right or wrong. Yes. Um, but several of the main characters feel excitement while, while they kill other people, this rush. Um, so there's this implication that killing can be exhilarating, which makes the morality of it in a situation like war, which you could argue this is almost a war between the characters, mm -hmm. even murkier, because it does depend who you agree with here. Obviously murder is wrong and like escalating yes. things to murder is, is wrong. Correct. And at the same time it makes, but like no one is innocent in this. And I think that's an important takeaway that no one is truly innocent from Hemingway's book. And I think we see glimpses of that throughout this entire series. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, mm, 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 mm. I want to say no one is innocent. I think there are some innocent people in this um, show. Uh, well, I think that no one is innocent in the world. I think we've all done things that are regrettable and wrong. And to call someone innocent is, I think they can be innocent in a situation, but no one is innocent writ large. Everyone, like, like, sure, like sure, everyone's done um, a thing or two that they regret, like full stop, like at, at the end of the day. But I'm, I do hold, um, 
and this is also me not knowing everyone like uh, honestly everyone has demons uh in their bags like everyone has something in their closet uh so yes um there's always someone there but like i fear that um claiming that um nobody is innocent is putting a lot of people on the same level that should not be on the same level i think there's a difference between innocence and complete guilt i don't think guilt is equal on every level you can be guilty of cheating on your spouse that does not make you a murderer but you're still guilty of harming someone correct but that does but you're not innocent you might be innocent of murder but you're not innocent in life i think is the idea And it reminds me again of this quote from MASH where Hawkeye says, war isn't hell, war is war and hell is hell. And of the two, war is a lot worse. And um, the father, again, religious father, not his actual father, says, how do you figure that? And Hawkeye says, "Tell easy father, tell me who goes to hell. And the response is sinners, I believe. And Hawkeye says, exactly. There are no innocent bystanders in hell. War is chock full of them, little kids, cripples, old ladies. In fact, some of them, except for some of the brass, almost everybody involved is an innocent bystander. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that innocent people die in war, but they're innocent of the war. Mm -hmm. They could still be bad people or do bad things but they're innocent in the situation. And I think the argument here is that there are people who are innocent of this whole A situation and of all of the things involved in it in Rosewood. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. But I don't think there's an innocent person in Rosewood at the same time. They're all guilty of something. And I think that's like also the theme of the show, right? Like everybody has a secret. Yes, like like every, everyone has a secret. So uh, many people are but, innocent but, of the A situation but nobody is innocent writ large in this show. (laughs) Like, 100%. But, like, there are people that I would, like, have nothing to do with a situation. For sure. Right. And most people are innocent in that situation. But, like, just because you are involved in a situation, like, Emily is um, involved in a situation. Full stop. Uh, Ezra is not involved in a situation. I'm not putting Ezra and Emily on the same level. In fact, I believe Ezra's a lot worse than Emily. For sure. And I and again, I think that you can be guilty of one thing and innocent of others. Yeah. And I, I think what you're saying is the same thing in different words. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying I'm not willing to put people in the category of innocent and not innocent. I'm not of the, I'm not in a position or a person who would or feel comfortable with doing that. For sure. And I think like there's also this like complication of like in our society, innocent and guilty mean legal things too. And I think like for me, I'm not like, saying that because he Ezra is not involved in the A situation that he is he is less guilty or more guilty than Emily. I'm saying Emily is 
involved in the A situation. I think there's mm. no one in the A situation who was completely innocent, who was unmarked by uh, immoral acts. Like I, I know, I know, I know many people, right? Who who says none of us are born innocent? Like by the by, after being born, we are inherently not innocent. Like and uh, I don't like to do that. I don't. You know, I, I don't buy that. I, and I would disagree with that. But I think like. Emily is a bad example, maybe, but like Hannah, let's take Hannah, for example. The first Hannah, thing you see Hannah do is steal. <laughs> well, like she's done things that are, more. I'm, I'm just saying that everyone has done things that are morally gray. And therefore, because you've done things that are gray, you are no longer in the category of black or white. Well, no one's in a category of black and white. Am I? Right. And therefore no one is innocent because if innocent is unmarked by immorality all of them are marked by that some of them to a much worse degree but i feel like uh i'm not saying that emily is more guilty than ezra in fact i would say it's the opposite of that just like you would But but i am saying that like emily does not get away unharmed by this and there were times when she could have removed herself from a situation and she chose not to and her involvement has made her maybe guilty isn't the right word but like she has made choices that like well i'm, I'm her or harm other people forever like i'm trying to avoid the word guilty because i know um that's not what we're talking about we're not talking about um innocent versus guilty like oh you did a good thing bad thing whatever yeah like i'm trying to think but my next question is like uh what is the purpose of innocence if there is a lack of innocence well i think that itself is the point I think, I think that we are taught at a young age that there is right and wrong, there's innocent and guilty. Right. And throughout our lives, we realize that no one is truly innocent in this world of everything. The worst day in a child's life is when they realize that their parent is not perfect. For many children, not all children. <laughs> but like, I realized, I realized after I said that, that like actual abusive situations happen, but like, I was like, uh, I was like uh. <laughs> but like for many children, like when they grow up and they realize that their parents are not perfect, it breaks their heart. And the thing is like, yeah, but you're not perfect either. Like none of us are perfect in this life. Right. Right. And I think the idea of innocence truly is something that harms our society by simply existing. And I think that like the, I mean, obviously mm. we need the legal definition of innocence. That's not what I'm talking about here, but I That's think, what we're talking about. but I think the idea that people like people are good or bad is a useless argument to make because a person can be nice and bad. You can be a nice person to me and still vote to take my rights away. Mm. You can be the shittiest, meanest person alive and still be kind. Mm -hmm. And I think the argument of good versus bad, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, with innocent and guilty, puts people in these boxes that like, by defining them as good or bad, we are forgetting about all of the nuance. But in order to say, Emily is innocent, then we have to put her in innocent, which therefore puts other people in guilty. And I think none of them are truly clean slates. Mm -hmm. And that is my argument. 
that I'm trying to make is that none of them are innocent across their entire lives, which does not mean they're on equal playing fields. Because Emily is by far a cleaner slate than Ezra, than Ian, than Mm -hmm. Arya. But I don't want to argue. Doesn't mean that she's completely a blank slate. Mm -hmm. And that is the argument I'm trying to make. No, no, like no, and I get that 100. Like I, I understand. Like no one truly is a, a blank slate. Full stop. I agree with the um, the premise and the logic. Like full stop. <laughs> yeah, but, and it also doesn't mean that people are bad, right? Because like, like I, 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 like I do think there are bad people. I think that there are good people. But I also am a person that's willing to recognize like good people do bad things. Yeah, bad people do good things. Like full stop. <laughs> and like, and so one of the themes of. For whom the bell tolls the book mm-hmm. is this loss of psychological or physical uh, innocence mm-hmm. and i think a theme in this season for characters like emily perhaps like hannah is that there's this loss of innocence across the season mm-hmm. anything that they thought they knew about each other that they thought they knew about the world that they thought they knew about their parents everything has been changed Everything's been tainted. And they've lost that innocent view that they had, even of Allison. And so that was the connection I was trying to make is like mm-hmm. throughout this season, they have lost whatever innocence they have, and none of them get to claim full innocence anymore. And I think in this case, innocence is not only like lack of guilt, but it's also purity. Like like I, th- I think we start off the podcast like uh, this episode um talking about like yeah this is a bad situation but um girls you can't be the ones to judge right now <laughs> because of what y'all have done i think we made that statement like at least more multiple times in this episode yeah we'll stop yeah i just i think like innocence here is not like innocent or guilty it's really more like as I've had, as this conversation we've had transpired, I've realized the innocence we're talking about really is more of a mm-hmm. purity, like mm-hmm. naivete, naivete sort of thing. Yeah. Like, sort of like once you eat from the tree of knowledge, yes, you can never forget. Correct. You can never not know. True. So that's kind of innocence, not necessarily like innocent or guilty, although clearly there's some guilt. In this there, there is some uh, ser- serious skill but no like it, it it is a sad thing like you hear um uh, uh, parents talk about all the time like uh oh i want to protect my child because once they um, experience this we, they can't undo it like yeah. this is going to stick with them forever so like what, that loss of innocence and we talk about emily um uh, i do think you could throw Arya into that mix um somewhat um and even like hannah loki loki <laughs> Like, I think almost all the girls, like, they've lost it. Like, the girls we met episode one is not the girls we see today. Yeah. Uh, walking out of that church together. And it, it, and it's heartbreaking what this world has done to them. Um, but it, it is um. But it can't be undone. Yeah. It can't be undone. John done and done undone. <laughs> I see what you did there. But while em, uh, Spencer and Ian are having this tussle, mm-hmm. and I know you girls like to tussle. Um, well I don't like this tussle I don't like this tussle either <laughs> not only does Ian supervillain tell his whole plan to stage her suicide mm-hmm. but he also says that 
he we pushed her and she fell in a reference to Allie. He says we. Yes. Who is we? Ian and who? You don't know. I... Hmm. No, because I didn't catch that wording. So I'm like, now check it. I'm having to complicate this for the first time now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's interesting wording. I think in terms of it seems that Allie's death was an accident. I don't rule out the fact that it was a planned accident and that Jenna was part of the planning. Um, say that one more time. Make the same to me one more time. So by saying that or, or that Allie was pushed. Mm-hmm. Cause, I, cause I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, when he made a statement, I took it as this is some trying to cope with the situation uh, uh, that he has entered. Like, okay, um, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Um, oh my gosh, this was this was a complete accident. This was not something that happened on purpose. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a. Um, we'll stop. It's yeah, just he's something whole, that happened. Yeah, because he seems to be in panic mode. Yes. And he hasn't really thought through the suicide either. So like it's clear he doesn't plan murders or it seems clear. An alternate way of viewing that is he, he says it's an accident. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe they were planning to kill her a different way or maybe it was a planned accident. Like this is a planned accident for Spencer. He has planned her death as a suicide. Maybe he planned Allie's death. Like, like, and I, also, I, Ellie died I'm by assuming. suffocation, not Correct. by, not by being pushed. Which means she was actively murdered. We know she was murdered. Wait, pause. And, and I would like to say, when she made the same, I thought we confirmed earlier that um, her death was caused by some head trauma. Head trauma and suffocation. Ah, bet. Like she hit her head and then was suffocated. Ah. So if she fell and then he suffocated her. So let's say that it's a planned accident. It's possible Emma's part, or not Emma, Jenna is part of the planning part of the planned accident. You know what I mean? She can't see, but she can plan. You're going to talk to her. You're going to like flirt with her. You're going to push her. She's going to hit her head. And then you're going to make sure she dies. So, 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 um, I, I, I know, um, I have at one point in time was like, um, the, the death was an accident. I don't believe it was an accident, but I've also said at one point in time, there was multiple people a part of this death. Could it be a situation where, um, like Ian did do the physical harm to her, but she, she wasn't dead. And then he started to freak out and his partner, whoever was there also was like, screw it. Ian, I'm gonna finish the job for you because <laughs> you obviously cannot. <laughs> um, I don't know if you paid attention last summer to the Gabby Petito case mm -hmm. when Gabby Petito went missing, but it recently... Wait, that was the one with um, her, her boyfriend yeah. um, came in the car. Yeah. So Brian Laundrie, that's the boyfriend's name, also mm -hmm. died by suicide, um, but he left a notebook behind with 
a letter about what supposedly happened to Gabby. And he mm-hmm. said that she got so injured that she couldn't make it back to the van. Mm-hmm. So he killed her out of pity because she would have like frozen or gotten sick or something. She was too hurt to move on. She was going to die anyway. So he quickened it for her. Yes. Which does not match up with the timeline mm-hmm. or the fact that you can call rangers, etc. All sure. of this to say, it is something that people claim as a defense that someone was already hurt, so they killed them to make to stop their pain. So you're onto something. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but <laughs> but you are thinking like a actual killer. Oh no. You're welcome. Oh no. <laughs> We are almost at the end of this episode. Fair. So Ian tries to strangle Spencer to throw her down the bell tower. And she mm-hmm. holds onto the ledge before she falls. Note that he grabbed onto her neck. Mm-hmm. How do people die by strangulation? Just saying. Yes. Um, before Ian can fully drop her, a figure approaches and Ian turns to look at them and says, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Almost like he knows who it is. And that person who's wearing all black and gloves pushes Ian down the bell tower instead. And Spencer crawls back up and suddenly this black this black hooded figure is gone. Yes. Um, we do, you go? I don't know. And we do see a frame where Ian appears to be strangled by Man, the ropes okay in that. the bell tower. I was not okay with that they showed this. I'm not going to lie. But we do see his body. Yeah, we, yeah, see, we see his corpse. Body. We do see a corpse. I'm, I'm just still not okay we saw it. <laughs> Same. But Spencer pulls herself up and the other girls arrive and they've called the police. Um, and after uh, they leave the church, they're stopped by Officer Barry Maple. You know who this cop is? Uh, wasn't he the cop that... Um went to Emily's house after she was um, pushed by uh, quote-unquote Ian. Not Ian, what's his name? Tobias. <laughs> and he's the one that stopped Miss Marin to tell her that Hannah was hurt. Oh, the good cop. Yeah. <laughs> good cop. How's it going? Um, so he's, the, he's important here. And he's like, is this some kind of joke? There's no body in the bell tower. And they go and follow him to see that the bell tower is actually empty. And as they come back out of the church, a lot of the, you hear commotion from the town and you hear people asking things like, she was their, she was their friend, why would they lie? Things like that. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, they receive a message from A that says, it's not over until I say it is. Sleep tight while you still can, bitches. And that is the end of season one. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? What do you mean? That's all she wrote. What? <laughs> I have so many questions. What are your questions? Where did the body go? <laughs> yeah. What 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 does A want with them? Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. What are their questions? What is Jenna and um Reynolds' relationship? Why are they a goose? Yeah. 
How are uh, they connected to Ian? What what's the fate of this baby? Yeah. <laughs> Any more questions? Um, why do I have to see Caleb again? Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, do I have any other questions? Who Probably, but I can't. I'm not saying we just got an admission from Ian um, in that bell tower. <laughs> no, if that's your answer. Like, if you think it's Ian, like, I want, I want to know genuinely. No, no, like, like, is the answer not Ian? Like, th- like the answer may be Ian and someone else, but like, definitely Ian was there when she was murdered. Okay. Now. Like, Ian, I think Ian is a confirmed killer. Okay, I wanted to know if that, like, if you believe, I wanted, like, uh, this is not a leading question. I was like, I ask this every week. Who no, killed no, her? no I, I, I'm comfortable with saying, Ian, if, might not have been alone, but he's definitely one of the people who killed. Uh, if other people were involved, who do you think are the other people? Maybe Garrett. Interesting. Like, he has, like, listen, he has a relationship with those girls, and I have no idea why. <laughs> But apparently he's involved with Jenna and whatever Jenna has going on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. Like, w- w- what do you play in all this? And at one point in time, he was young. <laughs> we all have been young before. Well, we will never be time, young again. At one point in time, he was young enough that um he wasn't like um getting a job age, and the girl's like, "Oh, you got a job now. You're that old." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, who was A? I know you shut me down last week. I know you shut me down last week. And did I? You did. Because I was like, it's Sam. I didn't but, shut you down. I just had questions. But, 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 but I was like, A moved that body. Mm-hmm. And Ian's not a small person. Correct. I don't know if Sam could move that body. <laughs> is A one person? I think A could. I have said multiple times that A is multiple people. But as, as of right now, I think it's no. Interesting. Yes. And he's just behind the scenes the entire time for like the like, like they showed him for no reason in the in the pan of the audience. Like they like lingered on him for like a second longer and then like a bunch of random people. And I was like, what is he doing here? Why is he here right now? He lives in town. I see I see no one else that we know there. But but they made sure to make sure I knew that Noel was there. All right. <laughs> so do you think it's Noel and Sam? It could be, but then the question is, what's Noel and Sam's connection? Great question. <laughs> Great question. I, I just think A is someone who has a close relationship with Allie. Okay. It has a positive view of Allie. All right. What, so, AJ. Answer. That was the end of season one. We're going to get into all our season one thoughts and some fun and games next episode. I'm tired. (laughs) But I do have a question for you. I got an answer for you. Season two, episode one. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) I was not prepared for this. It's called It's Alive. It's Alive. What's it about? They're like, where's Ian? Where did Ian go? What What is Ian doing? And I don't think the girls say that he was killed or something like that. I think I think they like we can't say that, so they're not saying it. So I think okay. they are. They're like we. 
thought he was hanging there. We don't see him anymore. We need to find the body before we can confirm die, especially because uh, Spencer's relationship with Melissa. I think if um, Melissa knows that Spencer was at all involved, um, that could, Spencer might think that's the end of their relationship, and Spencer might not want that. So, you know what? I would like it to be. I like it to be just a group therapy session. Like, just all of them go to therapy and talk about what they've gone through. <laughs> and, like, because I, I wrote down multiple times, like, everyone involved needs to go to therapy. <laughs> What's up? That is true. I uh, would agree with you there. Ooh, I have another question. Uh-huh. Is Emily moving to Texas? Because I don't know. I can't answer that. Because one day, what's your prediction? Mom, I'm gonna say no because my prediction is um we pick not pick up right where we left off, but not long after we left off. All right, alrighty. Ooh, um, it's alive. Also, Caleb is back, and I want to cry. Maybe they're talking about him. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, "Oh, Caleb, you're alive." So literally, like an hour ago, someone posted in the Rob has a uh, Rob has a podcast patron group a poster of a movie that Jonathan Penner is in mm-hmm. um, and on on the poster there's a familiar face and I know the name is Annabeth Gish Annabeth? And I, yeah and I happen to click on It's Alive on just to make just to read the summary while you're describing what you think will happen okay Annabeth Gish the actress in this movie with Jonathan Penner is in the next episode of Pretty Little Liars. What? Surprise. I should not Google her then. Do not. I should not Google. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not going to be the first role that shows up for her, but she is in that episode. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. What are you up to? What are you doing? I think that's a question for you. What are you up to, AJ? Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at the Kid Norris. That's where I promote anything I'm doing, um, any podcast that I'm on or projects I'm doing. Um, and that's it at the moment. What about you, Jay? Well, you can find me by uh, going to Twitter and looking up jmanji underscore, like the game Jumanji, but it's jmanji. Uh, you can follow my cats on Twitter at MyKittyVinny and TheSantony. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can email us all of your thoughts about uh, Old English Poetry or Ernest Hemingway or Pretty Little Liars or ideas for fun and games for us to do next week with AJ about season yeah. one. We got like, a couple. We got a couple good ones, but it's going to be like, fun. Nice. Share all your crazy theories, your favorite AJ moments, your I guess your favorite J moments, but like I am less interested in those, but I, but sure. Tell me why you love me. I'm not going to complain. Let's put it that way. Um, two secrets, pot at gmail.com. Also, while you're at it, you're probably listening to us on some sort of podcatcher. Probably. Whether it's Spotify, Apple podcasts, anchor, wherever you're finding us, please give us a five-star rating and a review. And if you do, AJ will find it and he will read it on this podcast. Let me check on Spotify. We'll pause. I don't have time. If we have anything on Spotify, I'll let y'all know this week. <laughs> if there's anything on Spotify that we have missed, along with anything on any other podcast podcatcher that we have missed, we will read it next week when we have our fun and games episode. That is right. We are not covering season two, episode one next week. Nope. 
we are taking a break to play some fun and games. Maybe there'll be some Mad Libs. Maybe there'll be some tier list ranking. Maybe AJ will absolutely lose his mind. <laughs> we all know I already have. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Long time ago. Understood. Uh, maybe we'll rank some Mona outfits. Maybe we will do something absolutely mind-blowing. You will have to check out next week. So until then, uh, I hope that everyone has a wonderful week, that you stay cool and stay hydrated, mm-hmm. and that you're ready for some awesome games next week. Bye. So until then, bye. Got a secret, can you keep it? Swear this one you save. Better lock it in your pocket, taking this one to the grave. If I show you, then I know you won't tell what I said. Cause two can keep a secret if one of them is dead.